Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. guys know i didn't give any kind of correspondence last night yep. other than like hey yeah on the program um <laughs> yeah. uh other, yeah other than that i i kind of tried to stay away yeah. and just i i really wanted to kind of gather the info and just kind of gonna kind of speak from the heart like i don't even i don't have anything prepared or whatever Good. like i you know I'll, I'll leave it at that i don't want to give anything away so we'll just hop right into around and the i'll uh, i'll i'll do some damage control because uh, <laughs> i didn't i didn't <laughs> i didn't word it right <laughs> nothing came out right dude, all it's, it, <laughs> dude the the words marty and sorry are quite synonymous the past like 12 hours yeah, big time <laughs> like it's it's not okay and it and it bugs me because there it, it all it, it uh, we'll talk about it I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to go. Will. So oh, okay. let's head right into it. We're gonna head head first into the boards. No, that's dangerous. Around the boards. Head first into the boards. <laughs> go around it. Sure. Yeah, let's just go around the boards. We'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. So here we are. Here we are. Last week, you know, Boston. You know, all they need to do is just kind of do Boston things, oh and they'll God. take care of business and this, and that, and the other thing. Bang! Wow, Marty, you're wrong. Mike, you're wrong. Way wrong. Predictions, stop them. Just, <laughs> like, just like no more. I swear to God. <laughs> Dude, I, like I've been on this prediction bandwagon here for a little oh. while. I'm, I'm real. Listen, you, I'm gonna discuss with you over our off season how this is gonna go. <laughs> but folks, anybody out there listening, you may be hearing the last few predictions from good old Mike over here. No, because my God, to shit, it has just been garbage all year. Yes, like right You're from the wrong. predictions at the start of the that's year. That's why it's fun. Oh, dude, it, it's fun. But my lord, yeah. like I just. You know, if I'm going to have a podcast, you're going to have to get half of these right. Usually, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. The uh, there's that was that horrible. there's a dog, eh? That's been um, at the top of the stairs, and he sort of chomps yeah, at a ball. Better than me. Yeah, doing both of us combined, absolutely. <laughs> Way better. So, folks, as everybody knows, the greatest regular season in NHL history is all for naught. Means nothing. Seven games in. The Florida Panthers, and in particular one, Matthew Kachuk, who I will be talking about a little bit later. He's all right. In Beauties and the Beast. All right. Little teaser there. Little teaser. Ooh. Um, took, basically took the series four to three in overtime on a Carter Verhage wrist shot. What a wicked wrist shot. Yeah, that, that was, was a nice too, wrist shot. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> listen, for any Boston fans out there, um, Ron, mm-hmm. I, I know you're out there. I've, I've already done my poking yeah i.e nice. bo- box of, box box of kleenex with the boston bruins on it. um <laughs> so so moving on from that understandably any bruins fan and basically the city of boston i think was in mourning over the weekend so where do you go from here um the one thing i will say about this series pesky pesky panthers i mean not really saying anything that anybody doesn't know um I, I I still think, and, and and look, everybody heard my predictions. I still thought Boston was going to win the series and everything, and I actually thought they were going to go quite deep into the playoffs. The one thing that did concern me, and I did mention it a couple of weeks back, Marty, was age. Right. Yes, they have they have some youth sprinkled throughout the lineup in Boston. And I get that. Yeah. 
But the overall feeling with that team is that they are a little bit much, actually not even a little bit, much closer to the back nine here. Yeah. Uh, to actually to not the even the back players. Nine, that's the important to the, to the eight. Like the key. That, exactly. Like youth is nice, but your key players, the ones you lean on, if though if they're a little older, then what are you left with? I mean, you've got your two, your two centermen, your number one and number two centermen are, they're not just on the back nine. They're on the 18th green, but yeah, like the rounds, the rounds almost done they're hammered. So, so it was always a little bit of a fear that, because I mean, during the regular season, you can mitigate that, right? Yes. Oh, what's that, Patrice? What's that, Patrice? You need a couple of games off? No problem. Mm-hmm. That's no problem. Like, I mean, you know, one, if not both of those games are maybe against bottom feeders. And it really, everybody was a bottom feeder when it came to the Boston Bruins this <laughs> yeah. year. They were yeah. the best team in the league. Yeah. So it was always a fear. And the other thing that, that, that I mentioned, and I actually mentioned it to your dad at the hockey summit. I looked over at him and I said, do you think Bergeron should have played in game five? And my reasoning for that question was you had a 3-1 series lead. Everything was going well. Mm-hmm. You know, like Krejci was on the sidelines. Bergeron was on the sidelines. Would you love to have these guys in your lineup? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, did, did it upset the apple cart? Combine that with a, again, a pesky uh, Panthers team. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's oh, sake, they... Matthew, Kuchuk, Matthew Kuchuk just would not go no, away. No. Like, he, he he was, if if it wasn't in an offensive manner, it was in a, uh, uh, a, I'll call it a rat manner. Like, he was just, he was all over them. All the extracurricular activities, he was just getting under their skin any way that he could. He was, anyway. He was what Marshawn was 10 years ago. Pretty much. Pretty much. And what I kind of found funny is I, Yes, there was pushback in the way of all the extracurriculars after the whistle. Get it. But there wasn't, I guess, when I went, there really wasn't that solid pushback in regards to that. Like, true. if you want to take, if you want to take care of Kachuk, like get somebody to, like the, the guy's willing to drop the gloves. Yep. So have Adam. Absolutely. I mean, it's a five minute major for both of you. Yep. As long as you don't get the instigator, everything's fine. Just get him out of the game. Well, it, as it, often just, as possible. It, 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 Marty, if for nothing else, even if, hell, even even if the Florida Panthers still win the series, you're sending the message out, yo, guy, mm. like you're not just going to run around here and you know, at your own discretion, and nobody's going to do anything. No, no, we're like get somebody to go over there, get Lindholm to go over there, rough him up a little bit. Give him a shot in the face. Yep. Like give him a, you know, face wash him, do something. Lick him. And I just didn't, <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I didn't, and I just didn't see it. Right. So yeah, I, like I, I, I just, I didn't think there was enough pushback in, in that manner, but, but aside from all of that, the Florida Panthers deserve to be there. Okay. No matter which you, how, which way you want to look at this, which angle, however you want to slice it or dice it. I, I mean, they took game five. Yeah. They took game. And, and, and there's something about that game. And, and it, it's, it doesn't have anything to specifically to do with Boston and Florida. We could pick any year of any playoff series uh, that went in that manner. Team has a 3-1 lead and going back home. Like they're at home. Boston's at home in game five. Like you, Marty, you and I both know this. We've watched enough hockey over the course of our years. 
you have to choke it, choke them out. You have to take care of it. Don't give any hope, uh, a, a prayer, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> whatever you want to name it. As soon as they lost that game, then the mentality is, at least from Florida's point of view, right? Now we go back home. Now we got our fans behind us. Let's try and ride that wave as best as we can. Again, not saying Boston can't go in there and defeat them in a game six. That didn't happen. And Marty, again, I, I repeat myself, you and I have watched enough of this game that when you get to a game seven, I don't give a shit that Boston had 43 more points than the Florida Panthers in the regular season. You throw every, every, every last stat, every last thought, anything out the window. It's done. It's over with. It's a game seven. All bets are off. And look what happened. And, and, and I, I, you could kind of see, you could kind of see it happening a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, 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 I mean, it, I'm trying to put myself in, in, in the same position that, that your dad would have been in. Like going back to bot, there's just this uneasy f- feeling. There's a pit in your stomach kind of deal. <laughs> what the hell are the Panthers still doing hanging around? What the hell are we even doing in a game seven at home or not? Like it, it just, it seemed, it, there was just a weird feeling. It was just a really weird feeling. I think obviously a lot of it comes from the fact that we are talking about the best regular season team in NHL history, period. Like they're out, they're gone, they're done. It's over. Seven games in, a week and a half. Bye. Hmm. Like it, 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 it's so, well, it's just so. You bring up a really good point in game five. Because I do think that game five, and actually, and I don't think you're wrong at all. I think Bergeron should have sat. Um, not for anything else, but just that one extra day and not wanting to disrupt. Those two things combined is enough to sit him out and then just see if Boston can win without him, which they had done. <laughs> so you know yeah. they can. So there's no rush. There's no sense of, ur- sense of urgency, especially if you consider the fact that let's say they win. Now they're going to go into uh, round two against most likely Toronto, that's going to be a hard-fought season. You need Bergeron. So you kind of do want him to rest a little bit longer. Even an extra day is, an, is, is something. It's worthwhile. However, all that being said, not doing that, the momentum shift in Game 5, and that's, I think that's what you're kind of alluding to. And I, I believe that the reason they... that floor, like I shouldn't say that Boston gave them the momentum shift so much as Florida decided, like... You're going to play us down? Fuck you. We're going to take this momentum. And that's what they did. Like they didn't Boston well, didn't give the momentum. It, yeah, Florida just decided, "Screw you then. If you if you think we're not worth your effort, then screw you then. We're going to take the momentum and we're going to move on with it." And essentially never gave it, never relinquished it after that going forward because after that, oh my god, Florida looked clearly like the better team. Um, but I think we're kind of overlooking the overhanging issue in all of this, which was uh, Allmark and Swayman decided not to show up. Bobrovsky, oh Bobrovsky didn't outplay anybody. Lyon didn't outplay anybody. None of that happened. Nope. It had nothing to do with their goalie outplaying their goalie. It had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with Allmark and, Ly- and uh, Swayman shit in the bed. Swayman said it so himself. He does. This team deserved one extra save, was his quote. Um, and that's exactly true. And he wasn't able to deliver that. I'm not saying it's all on him. Boston, you're responsible as a team for what happens. However, 
for why they got that regular season record, a big piece of that was the amazing goalie tandem of Swayman and Allmark. Everybody fell in love with them, right? That was the story of the whole season. Every time they did the big giant hug thing after a win, every time, like it was great yep. to see. It was yep. awesome because they pulled and pushed off of each other. It was amazing. There was literally none of that in this series. Not talking about the hug. I'm talking about the sense that this goalie tandem was going to steal one for you. Every game, it felt like, okay, maybe next one. And it never showed up. It really never did. And that, to me, is the difference between this. It's not so much that, but again, I'm not, see, it's kind of like the whole emails with our, our league there. I'm saying something, and it sounds like I'm saying one thing. I'm not saying Florida didn't deserve this win. Florida took advantage of a situation as they should, and they were good enough to do it because you can have a team aware of a situation and attempt to take advantage, and Boston is so good, they can say they can stomp on you and say, no, not going to happen. I know our goalies aren't playing well tonight, but the rest of us are going to pick up the slack. And Boston is quite capable of doing that. They were doing that all season long. It wasn't just the goalies that got them to 60-some-odd wins this year. It was the entire team that got him there. Mm -hmm. The entire team ridiculously fell flat on their faces in this series. Everybody is to blame, not one person. But Florida, coming into this, they were hot. They were very hot. And at first I thought, okay, they're going to put up a fight. And then it went to 3-1. It's like, whoa, holy shit. All right, never mind. Yeah, I know. But then the mm -hmm. second Boston let their guard down, Florida said, hold up. We're still very, very dangerous right now. And I got to give kudos to Paul Maurice. I tell you right now, Paul Maurice was never the reason why Winnipeg wasn't able to do stuff. That's a whole other discussion. And in fact, it's part of the beast. And we'll, there's a little snippet for you later on. Paul Maurice, what he's done with this team the way he's able to get this team to rally around him. Someone had pointed, made a good point, and I believe it was a game against Toronto sometime uh, just towards the end of the season. Um, it, Florida was in battle for that final spot, and they were actually behind Pittsburgh at the time. Well, there was a game against Toronto, I believe, and they were shit in the bed, and he laid into them. You can, you can watch it. Watch Paul Maurice, Florida yelling, something like that. There was a game where he, you can see it, and Kachuk was one of the first people to actually speak up, not against it, because I don't, or maybe it was, I don't know, I can't hear it. But you can see Paul Maurice is just like, do you guys want this? Because you guys are playing like bitches. And that's essentially what he said. He just laid into him. That's it. And it worked. That's the difference between this team and Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, nobody wants to hear that. Blake Wheeler was, hey, you hurt my feelings. Shut up, Blake. This team actually responded and responded very, very well to a little bit of coach criticism. And now look at them. They're going to the second round. So kudos to Paul Maurice. I think he did the right job with everybody involved on that team. They're in so much shit with Toronto, though. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I know Bobrovsky's done this twice now. He did it to Boston and he did it to Tampa Bay where they had 60... 60 wins or something. He beat the the. Uh, he's twice beaten the President's Trophy, President's Cup Trophy winners. Um, so I know Bobrovsky has that kind of swagger going for him right now. But listen, Bobrovsky, you didn't win any of these games. Your teams did. You won six to five. You won four to three. You didn't stand on your head. You had some good saves here and there, but you're not why this team is moving forward. This team is moving forward because they played as a team completely from period one to period three. But I'm telling you right now, this team's 
probably done. They're, they've gone as far as they can go. Toronto, congratulations, Toronto. You're not facing against Boston. I think this is a much better situation for you guys. Um, so all the memes that have come out now, you know, you saw this picture of like Toronto fan passing the torch uh, for choking over the 3-1 choking over to Boston <laughs> fans. Like all that kind of stuff, well-deserved. Um, so good for you guys, Toronto. I think this is the right situation for you guys. But uh, Boston losses just as much as Florida won this. Well, I mean, a couple of stat lines here for you, just to give you an idea how kind of things play out, right? Now, I've got, I didn't, I didn't get any stats for the seventh game here, but in six games, the first six games, Kachuk had five goals and five assists for ten points, plus three, 16 minutes in penalties, <laughs> one power play goal, one game winning goal, and an overtime oh, goal. Like, dude, leader, can you be, can you leader. be all over it much? Just a leader. This is this is the one that I think will basically sew it up for why Boston lost this series. Oh yeah. Linus Allmark in the regular season, 48 games started, 40 wins, six losses, one in overtime. I don't know where the other one is. <laughs> um 1.89 goals against average and a 938 save percentage. In six games in this series. Here is Linus Allmark's stat line. Six games played, three wins, three losses, a 3.33 goals oh. against average, and a sub-900 save percentage at 896. Oh. So, Marty, to allude to your point, wow. Boston, Boston did not get a save when Boston needed a save. Um, you know, did... did he didn't can, necessarily can look that? bad either. I don't know if you were watching the games, but it's not like he looked off his game. So I don't understand. No, I, it, it, I, I think it ha more has to do with when the Panthers did take it, and I could go back and look real quick on NHL.com here. Um, but if um, when the Panthers did win, I think they kind of won big. Like it wasn't just a two to one game. Yeah, no, uh, there was, was more no along the lines of that five five goal score. I mean, hell, they had seven in that one game, right? <laughs> they scored like four goals in the third period, and and oh, and, and there there were. And that's the other thing, too. And this is all I'm going to say about the Florida and Boston series after this. There were some moments in that series where Boston just did not look like Boston. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, like, that third period of what? It would have been game six, I believe. Uh, I think it was game six where there was a barrage in the third period, if I'm not mistaken. Game six, yeah. There um, were seven like, goals. Seven, like seven, seven goals, goals in the third period. <laughs> and, 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 and Marty, you and I both know, like, listen, I'm a Habs fan and I hate giving Boston any credit for anything. But my God, I mean, Boston in the third period all year, that was shut down yeah, territory. Dude. That was like that was like the closer coming in, yep. you know? And, and it was just, this was an un-Boston-like team for the better part of this series. And it, 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 and I go back to when I said it was just weird. Like there was just this. Yeah. Weird's a good word. I, I, I don't want to say uneasiness because it wasn't an uneasy thing for me. Like watching the Bruins lose is kind of okay for me. It was like porn, hockey porn. Well, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> and I'll tell you, like, it's just, it's, but as a fan of, of the game, I mean, we saw what Boston did all year. They yeah. were just, it was clinical. Yes. And yeah, absolutely. That was, that was the last word that I would use for this series because it was not clinical at all. It was all over the place. Yeah. And you know what? I think the best way the best way to say it, and maybe I'm not saying the last word on Boston, Florida, but it was chaotic. And that rightfully played into the Florida Panthers yes. rather than the Boston Bruins. And you alluded to alluded 
to it earlier, Marty. For the better part of two months before the playoffs, Florida's scratching and clawing for their lives. Yes. Where where Boston has got this sewn up like December 1st. Yeah. So, you know, you got a team that's just hardened, playoff hardened for two months before they even get there. Is there an argument there so, that, you know, if you do so well in a regular season, it actually puts you in a different mindset or it puts different pressures on you that are usually detrimental there's an argument to be made there because I also did see another uh, an image of like President's Trophy curse where the last I think it's like the last 10 or 12 years the mm-hmm. President's Trophy winners have been ousted in either the first, second or third round. Third round only happened once. The rest is all first and seconds. So and yeah. look at this. Like this is the biggest telltale, right? It's Boston coming off a season where they've set records. Hockey's been around for a couple of years. And to say that last year was the best record of any team ever? Are you freaking kidding me? And that's the year you go out in round one? That's not right. So it's got to, to me, it suggests that, I'm going to suggest this. They were too comfortable coming into the playoffs. Um, a couple of things happened that led them to be too comfortable. One of the big things, too, was uh, signing Pasternak. I think that doing that during the season, not suggesting, I'm not trying to say that that was a bad move. Signing Pasternak was a good move franchise-wise and for the player as well. But doing it during the regular season, I don't know. Is that added pressure? Is that is that the kinds of things that's like a little too much swagger? Because that, that's bad too. A little too much confidence can leave you vulnerable to teams like Florida who have, and this we've said this for the last two years that we've been in existence, Teams that have nothing to lose and everything to prove are some of the most dangerous teams to play in, not the teams that have the best records. The teams that have nothing to lose, you better watch out. They're having fun. There's no pressure on them. They're not the ones who are looking to disappoint an entire fan base if they don't win the Stanley Cup. Florida, at this point, was happy to be in the playoffs Anything on top of that was going to be gravy. Yes, every team is looking to win the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm not saying that that's not their their ultimate goal and their drive and their determination, of course. But they're aware, just as much as we're aware, that Boston was the clear favorite to win the Cup. So they have inherently a little bit more pressure on their shoulders or, sorry, not or, and the potential of them getting a little too comfortable with, oh, well, fuck, we're facing Florida? Oh, we're good. They barely even made it in the playoffs. They're the eighth seed. We got this in the bag. We're up 3-1? Fuck, don't worry about it, guys. Lots of time. It's things like that that I think that actually seeped into them, and I think that's part of the reason why they lost. And, I am I mean, again, I'm not in the dressing room. I don't know, but <laughs> I think all these things play a factor. But don't take it away from Florida. At the end of the day, this team scrapped, clawed, uh, pushed their way through, made things happen. I mean, we're looking at, <laughs> so the last game was 4-3, but like you said, game six, 7-5, Florida 4-3, Boston 6-2, Boston 4-2, Florida 6-3. Like, these are all high-scoring games. These were, this was... In Boston, like... Un Boston like that like from a defensive from a defense from a defensive perspective yeah they can put up the goals yeah but from a defensive perspective they were much better throughout the year and anyway it's weird it was just weird wow it it was a weird weird series I mean good on the Panthers they totally deserved it yep Boston it's gonna be a long off season and Bergeron's gone right Bergeron I I mean uh. I'd be. It'd listen, be like bringing I mean, back Iron be, Man into the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. You can't do yeah. it now. Yep. 
Like that's I'm, not right. I'm going to say I'm. I think I think I think he's done, and it's yeah. It for Run him off his job. personally, for him personally, I, I I it sucks a little bit. Yeah, you'd like to see him go out on a bet on something better than a first round exit. But yeah, hey, but come it on. is what it is. What are you going to do? You come back because the, you don't the, like exiting on the first round just to lose in the exactly, first round again next exactly. year? Like no, don't do that. This this is it, it. is what it is. You don't win the cup. That's they, it. That's done. Yeah. It's done and over with. Speaking now, of which, somebody who still has. Somebody who still has a chance at the cup, right? Oh. Those pesky hurricanes, man. They oh, are hurricanes. something else. And you know what? And and listen, uh, they they faced New York in the first round. They won four to two. Oh, did they win? You know, we'll, we'll go over it. A... Oh, they win? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Carolina won? They, they won. Oh, not the yeah, Islanders? Islanders oh. are, yeah, Islanders are. Huh. In yeah. six games? Yeah. Uh, something like that. that yeah, maybe. Six uh, games. Anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, geez, this is starting to sound like a friggin' Family Guy episode right now, man. I feel like, I feel like I'm Brian and I'm talking to Stewie. Yeah. Uh, writing a little book there. Hey, so your boys weren't ready to play, were they? <laughs> so look, I mean, we'll get this Hurricanes Islanders out of the way because I think what we really want to talk about is the next series because, man, oh, man, oh, that yeah. is going to be something else. Yeah. Like, I anyway, that'll just be something. Carolina, New York. New York just did not have any kind of scoring prowess whatsoever to get this done. Not even close. Um, not even power, close. Pl- power, pl- power play, brutal, 16th in the league, last out of all the playoff teams at 5.6%. Um, and oddly enough, and I'm giving a little tidbit here of another uh, series that we're going to talk about, the Colorado Avalanche were 15th at like 5.8 like or something like that. So we'll talk about that and and why they lost to the Kraken because yeah, I think that has a little bit to do with that's it. That's a tough one. But you know what? Again, just no scoring prowess from the Islanders whatsoever. The Hurricanes play a kind of a suffocating, a suffocating game. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's quite similar to New Jersey, who, by the way, Ir- ironic. Oh my eh? God, like, <laughs> it's just like it's it, it, okay. It's Lou. You know what? I got to focus. Lou versus I got to focus. Focus on this series. Yeah. Sebastian Ajo basically gets out of his funk from the end of the season. Yep. He has a great uh, a great uh, series. Six games played, four goals, three assists for seven points, plus three, one game-winning goal. Certainly looks to got his groove back. Uh, the Canes, although they weren't world beaters in regards to offense, more than enough uh, uh, scoring provided that yeah. they were able to get the job done. And again, it's like that. It's that suffocating uh, defense, and in particular, their PK. It's number one in the league nice. right now in the playoffs at 94.4. So... <laughs> Now, not like they really needed it against the Islanders. They may need it a little <laughs> bit more against the, 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 the Devils. But regardless, they got the job done. New York just really didn't have any room uh, uh, to, to do anything. I mean, even their power play, which at the very least, if you're not scoring on your power play, you're building momentum off of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that didn't happen in, to New York whatsoever <laughs> in, in any game. <laughs> like, it, it, was, it, it was, it was a little tough to watch because... You, it's you can see they've got a great goaltender, Sorokin. Like, oh yeah. Anyway, I felt I felt so bad for him. We mentioned it last week. Like, felt so bad for the guy. The way they lost and and everything. Anyway, great goaltender, but you just need to get some more scoring. I certainly think that Lou Lamoureux is probably on the outs uh, in regards to let's uh, hope uh, the GM. Well, I think for that franchise, I think you need to. I think you need to kind of, you know, they're so. stifled defensively they do a great job but through that they're just not creating enough offense and i think that you know if you're going to have matt barzell for another eight years you better start getting this team to at least a a balanced you know kind of offense defense like you know they've just been so 
such a defensive entity for a number of years now that it just seems like that's really suffocating any kind of offense out of that organization. And we'll see if one, we'll see if Lamarillo is gone. And two, we'll see if that changes once he is gone. But again, credit is where credit's due. Hurricanes played a great series. The to me, the hurricanes did what the Boston Bruins should have like, this was a series that like, yes, I picked New York Islanders. They're my little kind of engine that could, so to speak, or in this case, couldn't. So, so, you know, aside from that, like the, even I can say, you know, aside from my pick, the Canes should have won this series and they did took care of business, got the job done. Didn't mess around. Like, you know, I, I'll sit there and say that while they were in overtime in game six, I said to myself, listen, if, you know, Carolina wants to kind of just take care of business, they better get it done now because, again, game seven, all bets are off. You never know what can happen. True. So they got the job done. Good. Over with. They deserve to be in the next series. And we will certainly talk about that shortly about the next series because it is going to be something it's going to be a track meet is what it's going to be. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say much other than just to say that this is not a surprise to the rest of the world. Uh, only a surprise to you. Just me. Um, just me. <laughs> but listen, I said it when they signed Horvat, um, and I wasn't the only one. Other people said it too. This team had no offense. The defense can only take you so far. And again, I think at the time I made the example, and I'm doing it again right now, the best example to prove that you, defense can only take you so far without a, a surefire offensive support, um, that's looking at Buffalo. Now, a lot of people will argue with that and come back and say, well, look at what Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello himself did with the New Jersey Devils back in the 90s. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to give, uh, not that they don't, sorry, I'm not going to give them anything. They earned those cups. I think, I believe they won two cups under Lou Lamorello in the 90s. Um, Tom would correct me on that for sure. But that was a different time, uh, a completely different time, where the NHL was actually trying to sort of hunker down and keep things. The, the neutral zone trap was actually not just a thing for the Devils. A lot of teams were doing it. It was a way of trying to crack down, and they were give, allowing goalies to be these giant beasts and nets and things like that. So it was a different time. Because now what they're trying to do, they're actually trying to encourage way more offense in the league. Um, so it's a very different style of play that you can't just take something that may have worked in the 90s and try to adapt it now. It doesn't work. This is now more about youth, speed, creativity, playing outside the zone, um, thinking outside the box, things like that. This team doesn't have any of that. This team has, knows how to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to play defense. That's just not enough to get anything else mm-hmm. done. So Lou and co., at Lou, I, I no disrespect at all. You're going to go in the hall. Actually, he might already be in the hall. <laughs> I think he is. He should be. He yeah, is. yeah. Um, and, and nothing to be taken away from you at all. But at some point, you do have to walk away. And I think this is it. Because you haven't done anything. He even was, The irony of all this is that he himself even said that the signing of Bo Horvat at the contract was way too much money for way too much time. He himself said it, but he understood that the landscape of the, of the NHL had completely changed where he didn't have a choice. He had to do that. So I think he himself understands that this is no longer the same kind of NHL that he's used to being successful as a GM in. He, I think, now knows himself he needs to step away because this is not the same and he, he's just done. And that's fine. Better for New York. However, I do think this means that there's a rebuild coming for New York. As much as they made the playoffs this year, 
I think they have to retool, rebuild, which means a couple more losing seasons before they get back in. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but they got nobody they can really lean on in terms of offense, unless they're very active uh, with free agents. Excuse me. You, I mean, the Islanders fan base, I'm sure. And, and listen, I mean, I always like to keep a little eye on them. I mean, with Sorokin over there, obviously, I'm going to keep an eye on that team. I, unfortunately, as much as I don't really necessarily have a problem with Lane Lambert, their coach, yeah. again, part of the Trotz uh, coaching tree, right? So he's going to have that defensive acumen. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I want to see people in place that will um, set loose some of the skill set that the Islanders do have. Point. Listen, just the Islanders are do. not. You're, well, that's kind of pretty much it, Marty. Because listen, you're, you're not going to ever uh, um, uh, put the Islanders into the same category as uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs offensively, nope. or the Colorado Avalanche, no. or in particular the Edmonton Oilers. Oh. Um, so, so no. With that said, I I, I just want to see what they got. I mean. Like I said it's earlier, not terrible. You got Matt. You got Matt Barzal. That's going to be around for eight years now. Yeah. So same with Bor Horvat. <laughs> well, it's just like you got to you got to open it up for these guys yeah. a bit. Yeah. Like you, you got to do it. Like and and I understand, you know, enough about the game, defensively responsible, so on and so on, and yada yada yada. But defense will weather any kind of a storm and prevent goals. Yeah, but. You still got to score them because you can you can have a shutout going on your end. But if in the playoffs you didn't score, it doesn't end zero zero. You got to end one nothing. Like somebody's got to put the puck in the net. Somebody's got to drive the offense. And I do think that there are some options on the island. I I just think that you Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, even Pajot. These are good offensive guys. Like you mean to tell me? I mean. What are we talking about for Brock Nelson here? Did he hit? I think he hit seventy-two and points. If I'm not mistaken, it's goals. actually like, come on, man, yeah. and 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 that's with that or the way the organization that's was this year. That's a good point, Mike. You're not wrong. So get a Boudreau so I, I, in there. Get a Boudreau in there and throw a different system in there and just see what happens. You know open what? It, you know what, Marty? Up. You know, you know what, Marty? As a matter of fact, I I never even would have thought of that. You just said that off the cuff, and I don't think that's a bad fucking move. At Let's all. see. Let's see. At all. No, look what he's done with like, other teams. Especially with a guy like Lamarillo. I mean, the guy doesn't even want facial hair on any of his players. So th- there's kind of like well, a... Joe a, is bald, so you're good there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no problems there. But it just like there, it's night and day is what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. Like Lou Lamarillo compared to compared to Bruce Boudreau as like individuals on like they're they're night and day. You're right. Bruce is a like, happy go lucky guy, yeah. joking around, loves my wrestling. Kevin Owens, let's Kevin. go. <laughs> you know what? Players so, love him too, dude. And and then you got Lamarillo and do well respected. Yes, well respected yes. guy in hockey, been around forever. Yeah. Like guy knows what he's doing. But there is also a time to move on yeah. and, and just a time to refresh your organization. Yeah. And I think that they're a little stagnant right now. And I do think that I, I think if these guys can let loose a little bit, you got Sorokin back there, dude. And 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 regardless of how things ended for the Islanders in the series, uh, Sorokin kept him in that series way fucking longer than anybody ever would have yes. thought. 
I watched a couple of those games and like, dude, we're talking like five, six, seven, nothing here for the Hurricanes, but and, and Christ, it could be even more than that for for all I know. Yeah. Point is, you got the stud goalie. You have a def- you have a defense that can can get the job done. I'll just say that there isn't any kind of big horse. Maybe Dobson is is your biggest you know stud out there. It, it, it's it's a defense that can get a job done. Where we keep coming back here is there's just no offensive punch right now to this team, yeah. and and it just it we need to move on from that mentality of thinking from the coach GM who like you know the people that are in place obviously are, are have got more of a defensive mindset than anything else. I mean, we saw the re- everybody saw the way the Islanders played this year, like. You know, if they're if they can get up three, if they can put three goals up, it's kind of lights out. Yeah, because yeah. they can get they're, 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 they can just get the job done. Yeah. But listen, without kind of talking this to death here about the Islanders, the Hurricanes did what they they needed to do. They did it in the fashion that they should have. Uh, I certainly didn't see any kind of like a sweep or anything like that. They took care of what they needed to take care of. They're going to need all the rest that they can get their hands on because. This next series that we're about to talk about, different, holy this, cow, dude! Different hockey teams. Listen, I'm gonna let you go off first because I am absolutely gonna fucking rant about the New Jersey Devils. Oh. All yours, Marty. Oh, we're doing uh, New Jersey and New York. Oh, okay. Oh, are we? No, did, we, did we skip one? Uh, oh, okay. Well, we didn't talk about Toronto and, Tam- Toronto and Tampa yet, but I guess we're saving that for last. Oh, fuck, Toronto. Yeah. Do we really need to? No, it's. Okay. We do, but we're good. Uh, but yeah, so, all right, perfect. New Jersey and New York. So, um, man, I don't want to say, I don't want to say too much that I'm shocked because, again, it, it, it seem, this seems to be a common theme in all of this. Um, there are, the teams that are moving on deserve to move on. When you get to game seven, it means that the whole series could have gone either way. So it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who wins. You both played very well. Okay. Everybody gets a medal. Everyone's happy. Beyond that, though, <laughs> lies a little bit of the reality of the situation. The Rangers should have won. Everybody knows that, right? The Rangers should have won. Because when you rhyme off, I've got it here somewhere. Okay, here we go. Zibanejad, Panarin, Fox, Kane, Tarasenko, Kreider, and Shesterkin. Okay. I'm not even touching Lafreniere. I'm not even touching... Uh, Kako, I'm not even touching uh, Miller, I, like all of them. Okay, there's a, there's a, there's a, quite a few more. Okay? There's a ton. There's Truba. There's these are, and I know these are role players, but this is a well constructed team, well coached team. But the line, but listen again: Zabanajed, Panarin, Fox, Kane, Tarasenko, Kreider, Shesterkin. That lineup, that team, couldn't beat New Jersey. That team got ousted in the first round. That's not okay. That and I and it's funny because again, uh, back in the season, King got traded uh, after Tarasenko. Everyone, oh my God, Cup favorite, and rightfully so. I at the time was uh, lukewarm about it. I wasn't convinced Kane was the answer to all. But as things progressed, Kane started looking better and better, and things really started to look okay. Yeah, I I can I can hop on board with this now, and I stupidly did. I felt the Rangers were going to go a lot further than this. I felt that they were going to go to the finals. Um, 
However, New Jersey has that kind of, again, nothing to lose swagger. They throw in a goalie, Schmied, who had no business being thrown in there, but, Lin but Lindy Ruff knew exactly what he was doing, knows exactly what he's got in a, in a goalie like him, in a player like him, and knew that eventually his players were going to start to wake up. All of that is exactly what happened. When you send a message like that where you say, you know what, Vanacek, thanks for getting us here. Your time is up. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to swap it out now. Because Vanacek didn't See do ya. anything. He didn't do enough to stay in nets. Absolutely not. There was absolutely every reason to shake things up. And they did that in, I believe, after game two. So starting game three and on, it was basically Schmid. I think they did throw Vanacek in for one other game. But Schmid is the reason why they got there, right? Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, no, absolutely. And it's not that he, got, that he necessarily outplayed um, Shesterkin. But he outplayed Shesterkin. <laughs> like, he, he really did. Because Shesterkin wasn't facing what Schmid was facing, right? In terms of Zabanajev, Panarin, Fox, Kane, Tarasenko, Kreider, Shesterkin. It's not facing Shesterkin. But the, you know, the, the power plays or the even strength, the top three lines, like all of that, that was all on Schmid. But again, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, between Florida and, you know, I'm not going to say, well, no, we'll just say for Florida. This is another team that had nothing to lose. They knew coming into this, they were not expected to win. They knew that the Rangers were expected to go all the way to the finals, if not win the cup. That's a lot of people were talking about that. They're not stupid. They heard it too. Again, you create a demon, a beast. When you start saying this team will lose in the first round because this team's supposed to win the cup. You've created that monster now. All right, well, fine. We've got nothing to lose. We're going. We're we're David. We're up against Goliath. Okay, let's let's have some fun with this. Who cares? Um, again, Vanacek didn't do it for us. Schmid, let's go. Let's see what you can do. Oh shit! Shut out. <laughs> All right then. Let's give that another go. All of a sudden, your players are starting to play better. Oh shit! Look at this. Things are starting to work out for us. Oh, we lost one. All right, let's just shake it up again. Oh, come back around. Oh, everything's fine. Game seven. Here we go. Boom! Shut out to win it. What? And that's because you've got <laughs> nothing to lose. You've put faith in players. You've told them all, guys, listen, no one expects us to win anyway. So what do you got to lose? Go ahead and do it. And they did. Now they're even more dangerous going into round two. Oh, fuck yeah. I look at them yep. as being one of the most dangerous teams that's still alive right now. I don't think you should sleep on them. And I, But the, the funny thing is I don't think it matters. You can try your hardest right now, but this team is having fun. They're winning. They've got faith in their goalie. They got faith in their coach. New Jersey's very, very dangerous. Probably one of the most dangerous teams in all of the playoffs right now. But there's obviously there's still a few other ones that are <laughs> in the conversation as well. But good for New Jersey. Um, I really feel like they they came in and they stole that from New York. Well, listen to kind of piggyback to your point here. Games one and two, Rangers 5-1 wins. Like, going exactly the way you would expect it. Game three, game four, believe it or not, are both in New York. I'm sitting there saying to myself, Jesus Christ, this might be a freaking sweep. Here comes New Jersey with the overtime win in game three. Oh, my God. You just talked about some belief. You just talked about all of that, that good stuff in regards to, uh, uh, you know, Schmid doing well. This, okay, you know what? I'm just going to say it. 
that game seven. Oh, game seven. I said the word clinic. I said the word clinical earlier. Okay. Well, that was a fucking clinic put on by the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Okay. The only, the only, if 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 anybody out there listening to the program right now, if you watch that game, the first period. I think the Devils were called for three penalties. That was the only sustained pressure that the New York Rangers got. And even then, their power play wasn't all that great. It was Obviously. an over. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> yeah. At five on five. Okay. Listen, I, I've watched a little bit of the Devils this year. I, I, I'll be very honest when I say a little bit. Like, I mean, literally a couple of games. And yes, super fast team. Uh, extremely dangerous in transition, but my God, I saw a completely, completely dominating team in the New Jersey Devils in game seven. Yeah. I'm also going to piggyback on your point, Marty, that the New Jersey Devils have possibly become the most dangerous team in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs out of the teams that are remaining, and I'm going to tell you why. Volatile. The Devils, had they been swept in round one, this was a great year. You took that step yeah. into the upper echelon upper echelon of, the, of teams. Marty, we've said it before. You got to learn how to win. Got to go through some of the ups and downs. Get that hard, battle-tested, hardened, Skin, if you will. The Devils are fucking dangerous, bud. Like, after what I saw in Game 7, and the way they play hockey, yeah. and on top of all of that, if this Schmied guy goes yeah. on any kind of, like, a, a a playoff, and we've seen this before, rookie goalie goes oh, on yeah. a playoff run. Absolutely. Okay? If we have one of these going on, my fuck guy like four and one two here, shutouts 138 951 are you fucking kidding me? it's it dude it's it's ridiculous and <sighs> and and guys like he outplayed shesterkin yep and and here are shesterkin's numbers in these playoffs by the way his team just lost in the first round <laughs> shesterkin 196 gaa and a 931 save percentage God you damn. like like Jesus Christ, that's that's Hall of Fame material in the playoffs right there. And here comes Schmied, and he just says, "Ah, oh, who's on the other? Ah, oh, Zigor. Ah, no problem. Wow. What the hell are you talking about? Tit for tat. Like this guy, this guy comes in. Dude, Marty couldn't have said it better myself. He went toe to toe, toe to oh toe with God. the reigning with the reigning Vesna winner. Yeah, and and dude, and dude." <laughs> Shostrickin has better numbers in in the seven games in the playoffs than he did in this during the season. Like <laughs> this guy's only getting better, and you're outplaying him. I don't like get it. I'm I telling don't you get right it. now, the the thing that makes not worried if I if I'm another NHL organization, I'm worried as fuck. Yeah, is you have a team now. Okay, they're full of piss and vinegar. They don't know how goddamn good they are. Okay. Yeah. Because because Marty. The way this usually goes, 
the more experienced and battle-tested team, i.e. the New York Rangers, i.e. Kane with Cops, i.e. Tarasenko with cop, with a cop. Yeah. This should have been the New York Rangers taking this. Yes. And flat out. Like, no, no question. Love you, New Jersey. Love the way you play. You got some great players. Great brand of hockey. Great things coming. Should have been the Rangers, bud. Yep. Flat out. But the Devils come in and they and they do this. They do this number to the to the Rangers. Oof. I'm like, buddy, it, if I'm the Carolina Hurricanes, I, I I'm I'm gonna want to get my shit together. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I've been saying about the Hurricanes here without Shveshnikov. They can still score. I'm not saying they can't score, guys. But things are just a little bit disjointed from what the usual is in Carolina. So better get all your ducks in a row. Because if any incarnation of the New Jersey Devils that I saw in Game 7 show up in that second round, um, all I have to say to those fans down in Raleigh, North Carolina, Buckle the fuck up because I'm telling you right now, this is a team that is on a massive, massive high. And there's just these intangibles for me that make them even more dangerous. Again, piss and vinegar almost don't know what they're doing. They don't know how good, like this is not where New Jersey's supposed to be right now. No. And they're that's supposed the thing. to be learning. I, I do think and next a, year take another step. Yeah, and I do think there's another gear for this team because right now, if you if you huh. have a have a, a quick look at the top of the stacks, you got Hula, Hersher, sure. Um, yeah, I, what I'm getting at is that I think there's another gear offensively for this team. It, Hersher, Hughes, Brad, oh, yeah. Hamilton have only just started to wake up. Like. Hamilton's only got three points. Uh, Bratt's only got three points. None of those are goals. Jack Hughes only got four. Uh, Hersher's only got four. None of these guys, Hersher, no goals either. Uh, none of these guys are at like, a point of game. That's unbelievable. Nobody's at a point of game. Nobody. Hula is leading this team with three like, goals, two assists, five points in six games. Nobody's there yet. So Carolina. Like, wait until Hughes goes off. Uh, that's what I mean. It's going to be nuts. And I think it's this like, round. And Carolina should, should be, like you said it perfectly, Carolina, get your shit together. The great thing about Carolina, though, and, and, is that they have the ability. They they're a adapt- good team. I don't want to take it away oh, from yeah, them. They're a good team. They're a team that adapts to the team they're playing against. They don't necessarily dictate the play. That's kind of a – you can look, that, look at that as being a bad thing. I kind of look at it as being a good thing. All they do is adapt. They don't walk in and try to command the room. They walk in, read the room, and then adapt. And they're the best team in the league well for said. doing that. And I think this is exactly the kind of thing that is the reason why they're in the position that they are, the reason why they're actually considered still a very, very much a favorite for the Stanley Cup. However, what's dangerous about this play with this team, with New Jersey coming in, New Jersey isn't going to give you the time or the luxury of time to fucking figure it out. Because I think once this team, once your Hersher, Hughes, your Brat, your Hamilton, even your Mercer, your Palat, um, this team has so many players that can turn it on that if they do and they do it well, they'll do it quickly and they'll do it repeatedly. They'll come in and before you know it, it's for nothing and it's the end of the first and Carolina is sitting there going, okay, what the fuck do we do? We can't figure this out fast enough. And by the time you're done the second period, like, okay, we figured it out. Well, too fucking bad. It's eight nothing now. 
it doesn't matter. And I'm, I know eight nothing is a bit of an exaggeration, but still, what the point is is that New Jersey has the firepower to run away with it before Carolina can figure it out, and that's what's dangerous. Thankfully, it's a seven-game series. You lose the first game, you learn your lesson, you move on. Game two is a completely different story. But I do see this as a potential for New Jersey to continue what they're doing because, again, nothing to lose. The most dangerous team to play against is a team that's got nothing to lose, and that's what this team is. Like the Canes have been here for the last like three, four years, right? So again, absolutely, dude. And and just just another caveat into why the Devils are are to me one of, if not the most dangerous. Yeah, it's it's like how can I? These guys just don't. How can I put this? They don't understand yet enough. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, and that in, in all in all in all in of itself yep. is dangerous. That yep. they just don't realize that. When you know, has this group hell, been the Ran- there? This group has never yeah, like the, been there. They the, Ran- the Rangers yet. are sitting there saying, like the Rangers are sitting there. You know, we put our time in. Yeah. Carolina's like, well, we put our time in. <laughs> yeah. Toronto's like, holy fuck, we definitely <laughs> put our time in. <laughs> so, so it's like New Jersey's just kind of walking in, like. <laughs> Like, you yeah. know, we're just a young little pup on the, on yeah. the scene. We're going to take care of business, <laughs> you know, take care of a conference finalist from yeah. last year. No big so whoop. It's, no big whoop. There's just so much to love about the Devils right now. And yeah. Yeah. listen, it, 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 I'm not making any predictions right now. Probably going to try and stay away from making yeah. any predictions at all over the next little while. But suffice it to say, this could potentially be yeah. the series to watch in round two. In round two. I agree. I, this is the one that's the most intriguing to me because who's going to come out of this? Um, and that to me, whoever comes out of this, I just don't know. This is like a very, very in-depth game of chess, but being played by anyways, by inexperienced people at the same time, because New Jersey just, you know what experience. Speaking of chest and pounding your chest, dude, Oh yeah, dude. So yeah, you you, you got to know that that's exactly what. Okay. All right. <laughs> rant, be- rant, rant begins. Go ahead. A- am I happy about this? No, I'm not. I have made my feelings about the Toronto Maple Leafs perfectly clear. Um, I'm sure that your brother would vilify me from wanting anyone to fail <laughs> in regards to anything. I know your brother's just not a big fan of that. That's fine. But I have, I- listen, He's not on the listen. Show. I just I, I I cannot I I cannot get off this hill and I will die on this hill. I don't like the way Dubis built this team. I don't like the <laughs> roster construction. I don't think he can win a championship that way. And if they do win a championship that way, it makes me look like an ass. So <laughs> these guys need to lose at some point before before or in the final or whatever. Like I just grant granted, you know, having said all of that. They deserve to win the series. Oh, yes. Like, Absolutely. They, they did. Yes. Like, uh, you know, as much as I am not a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's in the contract for me to hate them as along with, <laughs> along with the Boston Bruins. I mean, dude, I signed the contract. It's in fucking blood. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it, it's, it's just the team. I, I, if they were the last Canadian team, I, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I just don't think I'd be able to get it done. I, I'm being 100% honest. Don't want them winning. They got their due. They played. They were the better team in round one. Flat out. Absolutely. Vasilevsky fell on his, fell on his face. Oh, the, the, God, did he ever. The, the lightning. 
the Lightning had some opportunities to take care of business. And somewhat like Boston, there it was some unlike Lightning things happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they just, when they have a lead of, 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 of what was it, four to one, that, that's in the bag. Yeah. That's in the that's, bag. Yeah. Vasilevsky, that's in the bag. Yeah. So to, to me, listen, hate the Leafs, don't want them to succeed. That said, they deserve to win that series. Good on them for making it round two. Enjoy it while it lasts. They're not making it past round I'm, two? I mean, dude, no prediction I, here. But. Listen, <laughs> well, no no prediction, but if you can, we were talking about reading a room, so read me right now, fans, because okay. okay. I'm telling you right now, no. I'm definitely not not cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's put it that right. way. And, and I do think that the Florida Panthers will you know, listen. Everybody's happy that you know any Leafs fan is happy they're playing Florida. All I have to say right now, guys, is be careful what you wish for. Okay. Oh, for because, sure. Because because this Florida team after that series, like you, you could have said it before the series against Boston that they were battle tested and they were hardened for the yeah. past two months. Yeah. Dude, it, it if there was any wavering about that statement. After the after the first round, like, dude, th- th- these guys have been ready since mid February. Okay, like they needed to 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 do every last little thing they could to get into the playoffs, and they played a team that basically walked into the playoffs from January first on. So, this is what you get sometimes, and as it goes for the Leafs. Great job, guys. Out around one for the first time in 19 years. That's a massive, massive monkey off their back. Massive. And that all on its own, I see the Leafs playing quite well in the second round. I really do. Okay. Um, Samsonov looked looked pretty damn good. Certainly outplayed Vasilevsky. And and it wasn't close. It, and that had a little well, bit more to do with Vasilevsky's I, performance. Yes. But... Yeah. But... And not so much, you know, Samsonov being all world beater. No. I mean, uh, I only have numbers for the first six games here, but in the six games, he had the four wins, two losses. Sorry. Yes, in the six games, they didn't look, they, they didn't go to seven. My God. So many no, series they went four seven, two. I swear to God. I know. They went 4-2, 3.14 GAA, and a 900 save percentage for Samsonov. So obviously yeah. not not, not uh, an absolute world beater here. But timely. But he got the job done. Timely, yeah. very, very like because there were moments, there were definitely moments where you saw, like, oh my god, great job, mm-hmm. Sam, Samsonov! Like, absolutely, he saved them on more than one occasion. And that's at the end of the day, that's what you need. You just need your goalie to save you when you need that save. Um, it's kind of what Sa- Swayman was referring to when he said, I just needed that one extra save. Well, Samsonov was giving them that night in and night out, so good on them. And now it's funny that you should say, like, no matter what happens, though, I'm not a I'm not rooting for the Maple Leafs. Uh, today, I, I had to go. Uh, I, a friend of mine, Luke Bilodeau, he's a, he's a real estate agent. Um, he said the exact same thing, too. He's a Montreal Canadiens fan. And, and I asked him, I said, are you happy, though? And he said, absolutely not. I cannot. It's in, he, I believe oh, he said the man. exact same thing. He said, it's in the contract. I'm not allowed to like them at all. However, they won that series. And that's what everyone understands about this series that Toronto absolutely won the series and they absolutely did. And the more I think about it, the more it makes me realize that it's an end of an, it's the end of an era 
because for every single year for the last 10 years, we've been talking about Tampa Bay being in the right place at the not right place at the right time, but being in the right place and earning them because they're such a great team. They were always constructed that way. Uh, Iserman left his stamp and then left, and then the team started to snowball into victory after victory after victory. And they were the perpetual team to, to beat. Even though they weren't winning the cup every year, they were the team you had to go through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder if this is perhaps maybe the end of that run for them. Vasilevsky looks well, so human in this in this series. In the playoffs is where Vasilevsky really shows why everyone regards him as being the best in the world, because he is. But Samsonov beat... So one of his best records, Vasilevsky's best records, is coming off a loss in the playoffs. And I believe at the time the stat was something along the lines of 22... Uh, four and O with obviously O twenty two and four with like a one eighty nine uh, goals against and a nine sixty save percentage. Something actually, I believe it was nine eighty save percentage. Something really otherworldly stuff. And he lost that that game after a loss to and they lost it to and he lost it to Samsonov. He's being outplayed. Is my point? Is being outplayed by Ilya Samsonov. That's not Vasilevsky. That is that is played a lot of hockey. Play absolutely, I agree with that. Now we did also find out this in this series that Tampa Bay adjusts their defense because Vasilevsky has troubles with seeing the puck from the point. Now, was that a secret ingredient that's been missing all along that Toronto just took advantage of? It's fine to say that as a team, you've made adjustments to make sure your goalie can make that save. But once that secret gets out, the opposing team can do what they want with that information. And they could force you in a situation where you cannot defend that from that point. I wish I had paid closer attention to how many shots were coming from the point where the shots were actually coming from. And Vasilevsky does indeed have issues with singling out a puck and being able to track it because i do remember though there were a couple of goals where it looked like vasilevsky absolutely had no idea where the puck was morgan riley uh morgan riley kind of knew that right he kind of had that ace up his sleeve and i feel like he was using that to his advantage so is all of this just a shift and maybe Tampa makes a couple of more a couple of more adjustments to their game, to their defense, to help Vasilevsky out. Does Vasilevsky himself make adjustments to his game so he can be better on that in that in that loophole, if you want to call it that? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I think you're looking at Stammer. I think you're looking at Cooch. I think you're looking at Point and Hagel um, and a bunch of and you know uh, Hedman had something. Remember, he went to the bench at one point. He did that um, thing eh, where he kept his hands up. They then... divul- they divulged it today. Oh, they did. Okay, they so... divulged the injury. They had uh, Breezebois divulged the inju- injuries today. He had something to do with his hip hip dysplasia or hip. It was a hip dysplasia. I, I had something to do with the hip. Don't quote wow. me on the dysplasia part, but no, no, okay. something to do with no. the hip. Um, uh, Esimo. Yeah, I, I think I'm saying that right. Esimo. He had a concussion. Chernak was out with a concussion that he got from bunting in game one. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Braden Point. I think uh, Point had uh, fractured or cracked ribs. Yeah, it's got to be. Oh, my God. That hit. That that did it. Victor Hedman, hip um, infringement. Infringement. <laughs> oh. Yes. Wow. Was, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, Eric Cerniak. I Cerniak. don't even know what it is. Con- con- no, me neither. Concussion symptoms. Uh, Michael Essiamont, that's what they're saying. Concussion symptoms. Tanner Janot, high ankle sprain. Uh, by the way, that was a good tweet you put out there. That was a pretty horrible trade on Tampa's part. That uh, way well, too much to give up to Tanner Janot. Uh, just not. not buyer's remorse move. much? <laughs> a little bit. But anyways, all that all that to say. Um I, I the Leafs I, deserve it. The Leafs Good deserve it. And I wonder if this is perhaps not suggesting they should. I'm not saying that they should that Tampa should blow it up and start over or anything like that, but I'm just wondering if we haven't seen the last of the um the annual run or the annual consideration of Tampa being the best team uh coming out of the East that you've got to go through to get to the cup. I wonder if we're done with that well, now. I mean the, the last thing I will, and I promise this is literally the last thing I will say about Toronto and, and Tampa Bay, and, and I did allude to it a minute ago. Listen, you've had two cups, and you had a run to the finals. Yeah. I mean, fuck, that's a lot of hockey. That's very good, yeah. And, and, and then when you, when you throw in, and I'm not, listen, you know, a guy like a Stammer or a Hedman or even a Vasilevsky, they, ne- they could never really go to the world championships or anything, but... Any kind of extracurricular on top of the season, no matter what that was, like it's taking time away from your recoup time, right? So my point is, is that, listen, you had three years where you went super deep here. Uh, You know, time's going to catch up to you a little bit at some point, right? And and let's call it what it is. I mean, this was, you know, maybe, I will not say that this was 100% Tampa Bay running on fumes. But I think we were kind of getting there. Yeah. And listen, Toronto has everything to fight for here. Like it's just they're getting they're getting dummied by their own fan base every year for not making it past the first round. Like it it had to happen at some point, man. Yeah. Like like as much as as much as I don't want the Leafs to succeed, there's still talent on the team. Yeah. Like, regardless of what I think of the roster construction, the team has stars. The team has players that can can make things happen. You give them room, they can they can make something happen. Yeah. So, and they did. And you know what? Good on them. Good on that fan base. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. And it, it is. We'll, and see it, what happen- it, we'll see what I'm, happens in round two. I, I'll, I'll just, I'll end the, the segment for Toronto and Tampa just by saying this. I am happy for Toronto. I am happy for the Leafs, uh, I, the Leafs fans. I know the Leafs fans can be, you know, kind of exhausting. I know the concept of the Toronto Maple Leafs can be exhausting at times. And, and I do appreciate that from time to time. However, at the end of the day, uh, I'm all for the cup being in Canada. I believe that's where it belongs. Um, so every team from Canada has my vote. Uh, keep her going. Um, and I, Oh, Edmonton. Know, and, <laughs> But still, yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, obviously, like, go Edmonton. So I think I explained it to you once before. I said if, if it was Toronto versus Montreal, I would pull for Montreal. Uh, but that in and of itself, sorry, I, I'm not even sure about that either because of my ties to Boston, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, if it's a cup, I pull for Montreal. I don't want it in Toronto. However, if it's between Toronto and Calgary, absolutely, I'm pulling for Calgary or uh, for Toronto because Edmonton is still in my heart, right? So Just can't do it with the, can't do it with the flames. Getcha. Yeah. I get you. All right. Moving on. Western Conference. Are we in the Western Conference already? Yes, we are. Western Conference, Colorado Avalanche versus Seattle Kraken. Uh, Colorado won. Wait a minute. No, they didn't. 
what? <laughs> so this is, we're in a different universe now, right? The second year franchise beat the defending Stanley Cup champions with, honestly, um, this might come off as rude, but with no goalie, right? This is how they did this. They didn't do this with a goalie. Grubauer played his fucking heart out and he deserves all the praise in the world. He played amazing, but going into this, they did not have a goalie. Martin Jones got them there with a sub 900 save percentage and just barely below three goals against. They did not have a goalie. Go ahead. I agree with the goalie wholeheartedly. I certainly think, and I alluded to it earlier in the program in regards to the power play, five point nine percent for the yeah. for the for the the Avalanche. Sorry, Guess just unaccept, flat out and unequivocally unacceptable. Like just done. Yeah. Sorry, got to be better than that. Um, along with the Islanders, they were two bot- bottom teams uh, power play wise in this year's playoffs. Yeah. Um, it, it gets even weirder <laughs> when when you have a regular season percentage 24.5. Colorado was ranked sixth in the regular season power play. Seattle was ranked 21st in penalty kill at 19.8. It's just make any sense. It, it, it really, really doesn't. The only thing that I can that, that I can grab from this is one, the power play for the Avalanche. Two, Grubauer played decent. He played decent. Uh, save percentage re- hovering right around 920. Uh, you know, roughly about a 2.65 goals against average. So not, again, not like, not you know, Schmied or, not Schmied or Shesterkin numbers. No. But getting the job done. And I, I just... I, I think this is a a case where the more consistent, and you know, Bednar even mentioned it in his in his uh, presser at the uh, after the game. The more consistent team won. True. Were they the better team? Maybe. It's debatable. Maybe not. But the mo the more consistent team from games one to seven won the series. Yeah. And for that, I have to give the Seattle Kraken their due. These guys kind of, and I'll, I'll, you know, bunch them up with the LA Kings. There were some things that were going well over the course of the year for certain teams. And I was just like, Jesus, this is not sustainable. This is just not going to continue. And on both counts with the Kings and with the Kraken, I was proven wrong on both counts. Yeah. And, and, and you have to start. Listen, if, if Seattle was not taken seriously during the regular season, Shame on everyone. If they weren't taken seriously during the first round, shame on Colorado. Yeah. If you don't take the Seattle Kraken seriously in the second round here, and I'm looking at you, Dallas, shame on you because they are going to make you pay. You have to remember, they won this series without their top scorer. And we're not talking about some ho-hum jabroni here. Jared McCann potted 40 goals this year. exactly. Okay? So doing it without, it just goes to show you even more so the consistency that this group is. And we alluded to it last week. It's not like Vince Dunn had a banger of a series. No. Was it one point? So if he warms up any, like, 
you know, you got to start asking yourself the questions a bit here. Um, I, I have a hard time really making any excuse here in regards to the avalanche. Sure. You're without a second line center, like Nazem Kadri. Yes. I understand that you don't have, um, Landeskog, but that shouldn't matter. You didn't have him yeah. one minute this year. No, it doesn't matter. There's a more so, than enough talent there. And, 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 and you still had a decent defense. Like you got him a yeah. car back there. Gerard's still around. Yeah. Byram's around and actually healthy. You yeah. brought back Eric Johnson. So, I mean, it's not like the defense was depleted either. No. So uh, to me, I just, I, I, from the Seattle Kraken perspective, lots of positivity, great things going on into round two. Enjoy it, guys. Colorado Avalanche. Mm. It's another team there's that gonna you got another team playing with nothing to gonna, lose. That's uh, the there's Seattle Kraken. Some, and... uh, there's going to be some hard uh, decisions to be made here for, for Colorado. Uh, you know, most notably, kind of where do you go from here in regards to player personnel? I don't, I certainly don't think they should be blowing it up. I think they got some really decent pieces there, you know? Yeah. And I, so, I, I don't, I don't think it's about necessarily the wrong players on this team. I think it's about the wrong mentality. Um, a little bit of bad luck. Uh, I'm not going to stand here and think that cause it, it went to game seven. So it, again, it could have gone either way. So I'm going to chalk this up a little bit of bad luck. Uh, Colorado, maybe just not expecting Seattle to come out as well as they did. Um, but I think, again, you're looking at a team with nothing to lose and just stick into their game plan, stick into what they was successful for them all year long. So there's no reason for them to divert. So for them, you know, they, if they lose, uh, if they lose in, in four games or if they lose in the seventh game, it's all a win for them. But this particular moment was, um, yeah, I, I think it was really, I would chalk this up to being just slightly on the bad luck side for Colorado. Um, for Colorado, I don't think there's much that needs to be done. I don't think you need to blow anything up. I don't think you need to overthink this too, too much. Sometimes you go out in the first round, even though you're the defending come champs. It happens. Um, there's going to be some tweaks because there are tweaks for every team in the offseason. It doesn't matter. I don't think you need to overthink this or overreact and just sort of, sort of go scorched earth or anything like that. Nothing of the sort. Um, you do have a good goalie. The goalie played for you, played well for you, didn't steal any games, but you knew that when you got him in the offseason. But um, it, it really wasn't an issue in terms of can we win this game or not with this goalie. The goalie gave you every reason to think uh, that you can win. So, you know, don't sort of lean on, well, this is why we lost or that's why we lost. I think in the end, you lost because Seattle, like he said, was the more consistent team. And that's yeah. all it was. And it's okay. Sometimes you get ousted in the first round by a better team that deserved it just that one little bit more than you. And that's okay. It, to downplay what Seattle did this season would be very unfair because they earned every bit of what they got. Fully agree. So um, yeah, fully for agree. Colorado to come back and say like, oh, no, we, we lost to them and we need to blow it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can still beat Seattle. No, no. You're still good enough to beat Seattle. You just didn't this year. That's all. Hey, Colorado, if you feel that bad, give the Boston area code a call. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like, it, it is what it is. There's a lot of parity in the league right now. 
And don't forget, Grubauer is a former Av, so don't tell me that there wasn't yeah. a little bit of... Yeah. There's a little, a little bit, bit of that, too, there. that comes into... <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So you know what? Yeah. Good on them. Certainly, uh, they deserve it big time. They got the job done. And you know what? The reigning champs are out, man. So here we yeah. are. That's we're gonna have we're gonna have a new champion this year, and that's not bad either. No, it isn't. Uh, moving right along, Dallas versus Minnesota Wild. I'm what I'm gonna say about this right off the top is that I I don't know. Are you were you bored with this series? I was a little bit bored. Not sorry, maybe bored is the wrong word because at the end of the day, I do love hockey and it's always fun. But nothing about this series grabbed me. Nothing terribly interesting. A four-two series win for Dallas. Minnesota never felt. Minnesota never felt like they could actually overcome whatever the hell it is they needed to overcome because I don't know what's going on with this team offensive-wise. Defensively, that goalie, uh, Gustafsson, we've, we talked about it before. Holy shit, man. Like From beginning to end, he was your goalie. I don't know why you even flirted with the idea of using Marc-Andre Fleury, but after that first game, they didn't. So that's fine. The rest of the way, though, I mean, Minnesota is still an exciting team, but it, it just it felt like the entire team lost their carbonation if you will uh, there was no fizz there was no pop there was nothing on this team that had me thinking like oh, all right dallas look out no i think this was more about dallas needing a little bit too much time to catch their footing and in the end they figured it out pretty well and you need to be more concerned with dallas going forward they have every everything in place to be an extremely dangerous team. Look at Rupe Hints leading the league right now yep. in playoff points. That's Hints, not the slew of other players that they have that could easily be leading the league as well. He is leading it. Jake Odinger, again, trouble, you know, slipping up a little bit here and there, finally coming around, second round lookout. I think he'll actually turn it on even harder. So I think this was more about Dallas trying to find their footing in the playoffs more than Minnesota losing a series. Minnesota just really, to me, kind of felt out of place this year. And I don't know if that's because of the coach. I don't know if it's because about certain players. Um, or maybe they're just not sure of where this team really lives in the NHL right now. Maybe they, there's an identity crisis going on right now. I'm not entirely sure there. But Minnesota seems comes off as a team that needs to figure some stuff out, whereas Dallas was just like, we know who we are. We're just slipping a little bit. We'll get there. And they did in six games. Everything was fine. No, oh, I mean, when it comes to Dallas, I, I fully agree with you. I think it just took, a, you know, a couple games here for them to really kind of, you know, get the, whatever you want to call it, get the juices flowing, kind of yeah. find their footing, whatever you, but I mean, at the end of the day, the Wild had a hard time handling the Stars' power play, which is 37.5%. It was ranked fourth uh, in the playoffs out of the 16 teams. That and then Minnesota's lack of offense, 14 goals in six games. Yeah. That ranked them second last out of the playoff teams, of the 16 playoff teams. So that kind of has a little bit going on there. But what I will say is, yes, Minnesota did seem a little disjointed. To be honest with you, um, I, you know, good, some good things, mind you, uh, you know, Gustafson taking care of business, basically cementing himself, in my personal opinion, as the goaltender of the future. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury came out over the past couple of days, and he is more than fine being a mentor slash one A one B or even the backup. So no issues there whatsoever. You know. Things are things are okay in many. Yes, yes. You lost the first round, like that's not fun. Yada yada yada. 
but things are okay. Keeping in mind Kaprizov injury, I uh, cer certainly don't think he was anywhere near 100% in the playoffs whatsoever. Uh, are, are there some changes that need to happen in Minnesota? Possibly. Yeah. I may think about moving on from a guy like Dumba, uh, you know, getting that contract off the books, uh, moving things around a little bit, maybe opening up some sort of uh, financial wherewithal where you can make some sort of a move or more of a move that you may want to do in uh, future trade deadlines or, or really during seasons, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, not what Minnesota wanted. I think things are, are okay. Uh, obviously, there's some, some work to be done there to, to you know, become even uh, a more elite team, if you will. But on the Dallas side, and you know what, Marty, we've kind of been saying this all year about these guys. They've got the ingredients and what we always, and I do believe I speak for you as well. When you got that first line that can kind of do damage, like it's, it's a good scoring line. Uh, and, and the Dallas has that in uh, Pavelski when he's not concussed, unfortunately, yeah. Robertson and Rupe Hintz. Yeah. They have their stud on Dean Mira Heiskanen and they have their stud in nets with Jake Ottinger. Yep. That is the beginning of a recipe of a team that can do some damage in the playoffs. You, you add on to that secondary scoring and not just with some whole hum players. You're talking about the captain, Jamie Ben. You're talking about a former second overall pick in, in Tyler Sagan. Sagan yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, you, you've got, and I going down the list again, Mason Marchment with a little bit of physicality. Yeah. What's that? You went and picked up just a little tad extra scoring in Matt, Max Domi, put him on the third line. There you go. It, it, they, they've got what they need out there in Dallas. And this is kind of another one of those series where, okay, maybe at first it was a little, oh, geez, what's going on here? But when all was said and done, Dallas did what they needed to do. Uh, they were the higher seed, mind yeah. you. Yeah. So expected to do it. But Minnesota was no pushover. They had a really great second half of the season. And we're, we're certainly warranted to, to, to be a toss-up between the two teams going into this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, at the end of it all, those, those pieces for Dallas came to the forefront and took care of business. So, you know what? And, and I'm sorry, Rupe Hintz has just decided yeah. to completely and utterly go off yeah. in these playoffs. And I mean, as a, if you're a Dallas stars fan, if you follow the stars, you got to love that because I mean, you know what to expect from Robertson, you know what to expect from Heisken and you know what to expect from, uh, Ottinger and yes. Rupe Hintz had a solid season, but yep. this is another level. This is this yeah. is another level. So yeah. you know, good on them. Uh, great series. Uh, I enjoyed. It was actually a pretty decent series to watch. Very entertaining. Um, stifling maybe a little bit from the Minnesota perspective, but I mean, you're trying to win here, so you got to try and limit Dallas a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Both teams in good shape. This was one of those series, Marty, where a good team was going out in the first round. Right, like yeah. I mean, it was it was just one of those series. I it mean, was. I I kind of I kind of uh, uh, allude to the uh, Jersey and uh, Rangers series as well. That that was another one. Two close teams, uh, second and third ranked, I believe, um, uh, in the conference, if I'm not mistaken. But again, just uh, you knew a really really good team was going to be going out in the first round, and that was yeah. definitely one of these here. Yeah. But uh, hey, good on you, Dallas. You get the Seattle Kraken in the second round. Going in the exact opposite direction here. A good team? Not so much. Vegas and Winnipeg. <sighs> Yikes. I mean... Yikes. I'm not... 
it's another again seems to be a very popular theme for us right now not to take anything away from vegas but let's be real here winnipeg had no business being in the playoffs this team winnipeg um disjointed this is a lost franchise right now uh, thankfully their fan base has a lot of patience thankfully their fan base is very uh, grateful that they have Winnipeg Jets in in their city um, but this is a this is a team if there's ever a team that appears ready for a blow-up this is it because this I, was I'd have to agree the, there's nothing good that came during the series and there's certainly even less of it that came afterwards with what we know, yeah. what Rick Bonus said, and then Blake Wheeler's reaction to what he said. It was very evident between just that piece alone that there is zero accountability in that dressing room. It's very obvious. And then further to what Rick Bonus actually said, this goes back to January, February, when they started to, um, to fight for the first overall and fell to the eighth between January and, uh, and the end of the season. Yeah, obviously this team does not like, as constructed, does not like to be called out, does not like to be held accountable, and they will show that in the results. And that's exactly what happened. They continued to fall, barely made into the playoffs, and then when they did, they showed that they had no business being in there, save for a few players. And I can appreciate that there were some injuries on this team, absolutely. Uh, losing one Josh Morrissey is a big, big loss. But... With every single team, every Stanley Cup winning team, you have a look at that at their rosters and you can see injuries play a factor. Even the ones that win the Cups, there's still injuries along the way and they always play a factor. It's how you sort of band together as a team that will push you forward and eventually get you to the promised land. There is literally none of that on this team. There is nobody on that team that I can tell. That's a great point, Marty. Great ready. Point to band your players together and say, guys, we can overcome this. There was none of that. So there's no leadership. I don't know if this is a result of stripping the C from Blake Wheeler. Maybe he felt, well, you stripped me of the C, then I'm not going to stand up and say anything. Maybe that's why he said what he said. He felt maybe he was called out at the beginning of the season. Well, he's going to call out the coach. Maybe that's all this is. But what that does tell me, if, if that's the case, then that's childish bickering. That's not leadership. That's still not leadership. I don't care that they took the C away from you. You should know better as a leader to let that interfere with your game, let that interfere with your team. I don't care you're not wearing the C anymore. You show them why they made a mistake by continuing to lead just the same because you want the cup, because you want the city to win the cup, because you want the franchise to win the cup. Or are we at the point now where many, not just him, many are just so done with this franchise that they use this as, a, as an excuse to say, you know what, fuck everybody, I don't care, I'm done with this. And you were done after game one. You were done before you even got in the playoffs. And, and I mean, you know what? Between, Like you said, the injuries to key players, subpar goaltending from Hellebuck on an overall, mm -hmm. and the Knights' depth. And that's what I really want to focus on. The Knights have a lot of depth. They do. And, you know, we go back to their inaugural season, and I think we can all remember where it just felt like it was wave after wave after wave after wave. Well, guess what guys that hasn't changed like th this roster is still basically constructed that way um the defense to, i mean th that's a great top six 
So no worries there. Yeah. And then that and then that brings us to the play of Laurent Brossois, which has obviously caught the eye of many. Yeah. I mean, the guy's four four and one, two point four two GAA with a nine fifteen save percentage. Um, those aren't backup numbers, Winnipeg. Wink, wink. So, <laughs> um, and and you know what? I even went back a little bit further. I mean, it's it is a small sample size. It's not huge, but uh, Brossois' numbers in the regular season: ten games played, seven wins, no losses, three in overtime, two point one seven GAA. With a 9.27 save percentage. So if we're all going to be super um, surprised about his play, we might want to take, take another look. Because, I mean, the guy didn't lose a game no, in the regular season. Now, you can, you can argue about the three overtimes, whatever, but he didn't lose anything in regulation. That's right. So that, combined with the way he played in the first round, Combined with the top 60 that uh, Vegas has. <laughs> and then out of their 12 forwards, why don't you go ahead and pick one? Because <laughs> any one of them, those guys can score. I mean, even right down to Michael Amadio, a former yeah. Leafs prospect. That's right. Like, just just saying, like, I mean, you know, Eichel. In the, and, and sometimes it's intangibles too, eh, Marty? Like, Jack Eichel is in his first playoff series. So, like, do you think he wants to go out in, like, five games or seven games? No, no. This guy wants to kind of milk this for all it's worth. Yeah, very much. Um, One thing I will mention that did surprise me very much so was the play of Mark Stone in the first round. Oh, wow. That's Very, very solid. Uh, You know what, Marty? I I will piggyback on that 100%. Completely inspiring. And you have to wonder if the team rallies around that a little bit. Because you and I both know, Marty, yeah. when the St. Louis did it with that young little girl a couple of years back in 2019, where they rallied <laughs> around her. Good memory. Um, you've got the oil. You got the Oilers. Um, yes. Uh, rallying around a little guy Ben, if I'm not mistaken, is his ben, first yeah. name. That's right. Uh, I can't remember the last name, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think the little guy, a little guy, unfortunately, I believe passed away. He or did. Yeah. Cancer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, either way, ra- a rallying point, and maybe this is it for Vegas. I mean. Stone back issues all over the place. Yeah. I mean, ourselves and other podcasts have even mentioned their concern over this. Mm-hmm. And he comes back and plays like that. Oh, it's it's, it's uh, like sorry, but if, but if I'm if I'm Riley Smith, if I'm William Carlson, if I'm Chandler Stevenson, and I see that guy play like that, yeah. well, fuck, buckle up because it's time for me to get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. Like let's like let's go. Captain Stone is is on is on the prowl, yeah. and it ain't just for the opposition's goal. He he's like I'm I'm sorry that that type of play has to has to affect there's, that bench. There's always that kind of story with the team that wins the cup, right? There's something that they all rallied around. Yeah, um, and there's Mark something. Stone. There's always something. There is, and because you need that extra. In, um, it, it's not well, absolutely tangible. It's not something you can put your finger on it, but it's something you can rally around just the same. And Mark Stone is a, is a perfect, perfect um, uh, example of exactly oh, yeah. that. So three goals, five assists in in uh, in five games, like that's pretty impressive for a guy who's supposed to have serious. He's had what two back surgeries? Was it two back surgeries this year? I believe it's two like, this year. Good God! And coming I back know. to the playoffs like this, like. 
I don't know, man. I, I mean, you should be able to conquer Everest at this point, just holding on to the idea that Mark Stone came back after two back surgeries to, you know, at the end of round one, have eight points, three goals in five games. Like, and basically outplay everybody on his friggin' team. Yeah, it's like, less, guys. Guys. It's like, go. guys, let's go. Let's go. Hop on my back. Hop on my double surgery injured back, and I'll carry this team. Not that he's necessarily so carrying the team. This is a very much... This is very much a team effort, but everyone is sort of, I, I think, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that they're rallying around this great success story for Mark Stone. So let's do it for Marky. That sounds about right. And you know what? Out of all the first round matchups, you do have to give it to uh, the Knights. Went in there, took care of business. Bang, five games. Let's go. Like, That's it. You, you, you got him. Not fucking around. Kind of. Well, you know, and... and and we can sit here and, and, you know, go over the minutia of it if we, if we want. Like, you know, Winnipeg didn't come play this, that. Hey, 4-1, done yeah. deal. Vegas was a top seed in the Western Conference. Got Took in care there. Of business. Did, the, did the job. Let's yeah. go out. That's it. Get and some rest. By all rights, were they not one of the only teams to do it exactly the way we expected them to? I mean, I know Carolina yep. beat well, the Islanders, but they beat them 4-2. They did it 4-1. So they get, the, they get the, the extra edge, in my opinion. And, and of course, my predictions, you know, a That's sure not. bet as always, That's sure not. bet as always. <laughs> I went out and picked Winnipeg all because of Connor Hellebuck. Thank you very much. I think we can leave this series behind. So well done. So well done. <laughs> Let's Ed, move on. I finally get to talk about Edmonton. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So you, you are? That was yes. my next question. I'm am not, I carrying this segment? <laughs> no, 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 no. So what I am going to say is I almost fucked it up, though. Because at the summit, I did predict that Edmonton would win. And as soon as it, the words left my mouth, I said, what am I doing? This, I'm just ruining it for, for my franchise. I've just, I've just sunk them completely now. And then you guys had a little bit of fun with that. Oh, oh LA is up now 2-1. Oh, oh, LA just scored. Like, screw you both for that. You and Joel. But listen, Edmonton, I'm not going to say they came in and took care of business. Because there was definitely some moments I felt, ah, Corpusalo, no, you're going to be the difference maker. But at the end of the day, no. The difference maker, in my opinion, Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl is your playoff performer, which is great. I'm all over it. We're, we're going we're gonna, to, we are legitimately going to sit here and actually suggest that Connor McDavid did not show up. I'm not saying he didn't play well. But for Connor McDavid standards, 10 points in six games, only three of those are goals, is not Connor McDavid showing up. He got two goals in one game. So I'm sorry, but Connor McDavid has yet to show up to the playoffs, which is fantastic because they won the first series on the backs of Leon Dreisaitl. That's the great thing about this team, and we all know this. You can lean on Dreisaitl or you can lean on McDavid. Hell, you can leave on Bouchard because he himself is having quite the fucking little first round or he did oh, have himself yeah. like oh my god and actually someone pointed out a very good stat since Tyson Berry has been traded Bouchard has gone off for more than the point of game this is Bouchard's team now um, thank you Darnell uh, Nurse much. Um, you used to be a defenseman for Edmonton that we would talk about you are no longer that kind of player because <laughs> um, quite frankly I, you know what at this point now just collect your paycheck I don't care keep your mouth shut three assists in six games that's all you've got fine whatever do your job stay in the plus not in the minus and he's done that he's a plus four on 24 minutes average time on ice but Bouchard 
Averaging 24 minutes, he's a zero. He's a nil and plus minus, but he's more importantly, two goals, eight assists. Bouchard is my man. So Bouchard and Dreisaitl got us through the first round. That's my opinion. I know Skinner played okay, not great. Played okay. Campbell came in, saved the day for the one game. Went back to Skinner. That was the right play. But at the end of the day, Skinner, 343, 890. You're not winning us games. Dreisaitl and Bouchard are. That's what I'm saying. Oilers did what they needed to do and got what they needed to get. And uh-huh. that is, and that is average goaltending. <laughs> when you've got, when you've got Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid, I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. Nugent Hopkins has a hundred point season. Hyman over 35 goals. Like, hello, please. You know, yeah, yeah. all we need from you, Skinner, is just to kind of stand there. Stop a puck every once in a while. Don't blow a complete and, gasket. Keep one around, <laughs> and you'll be fine. And I mean, the the, the numbers aren't great, right? Like three point four three goals no. against average, and and an eight ninety save percentage. Okay, no. oh, okay, not good, not no. good. Like that, that's obvious. The more important stat, though, is he's three and two. There you go. He's winning more than he's losing for this team. Again, we've we talked about it at nauseum. All they need is just somebody to go in there and make that key save at the right time. That's right. And they got that. They got that in the first round. I actually don't mind a couple of the hurdles that they had to get over. Uh, you know, they went through this last year with the Kings. The Kings really didn't change much. So on on top of them getting battle tested a little bit, you know, this is kind of what you should be expecting from the Kings to start off with. Yeah. I mean, you know, things are changing a little bit, maybe for the Kings and. A couple of things that I will mention on the Kings be for the Kings is that they certainly have a couple of po- great positives uh, to yes. take from the uh, out of this year. Kevin Fiallen, most notably, twenty three goals, forty nine assists for seventy two points, and man, you got to be liking Adrian Kempe right now. Oh yeah, there were man. although they didn't get out of the first round, and by the way, he scored forty one goals this year, twenty six assists for sixty seven points. Slacker. So 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 a couple of nice little offensive boosts there uh, for the Kings. They weren't able to get out of the first round, but me personally, I certainly did uh, um, notice Adrian Kempe on a couple of occasions. Sick, sick goals, man. Like top cheese, uh, not much room. So they've got some good things going on there out in LA. But to get back to the Oilers, (laughs) love what they did. Kind of like the way everything played out. I mean, it wasn't a sweep. They didn't just kind of walk in there and, you know, oh, we're the Oilers, blah, blah, blah. No, no there was a adversity. A little bit of adversity coming up here. And all of that, to me, is going to be quite advantageous with your next opponent in the Vegas Golden Knights. I agree. Because you're, you're about to get one of, if not the most complete team that is still in the playoffs. Yeah. And we're going to really luckily they've they're facing now this is I that's why I played very well but they they played very well against Winnipeg. He's about to face an entirely different beast in Edmonton. So Brassois is going to have to stand on his head in order to get them through because this he's not he's not going to come out of this series with the same numbers that he did out of Winnipeg. It's it's just not it's not feasible. Every single player on this Edmonton team, Edmonton team has a point except for one, one Philip Broberg. 
He's got no points. Everybody else at least has one point. This team, this is the only team like this. There's no other team in the NHL like this right now. Edmonton's the only team that can say this where they've got just one guy without a point in the playoffs. So Brassois, uh, Vegas, you're in for it because it's coming at you fast. Like hell, even Clem Costin, who's only averaging seven minutes and 42 seconds, has three goals and four points in six games. Even the guys who don't play a lot still score a lot. So it's going to be difficult. Yes, you've got depth. Um, but what definitely helped you was against the Winnipeg series was at the end of the day, you had people who just didn't want to play in Winnipeg. Whereas in Edmonton, this is do or die for a lot of these players. So you're going to have a different sense of urgency coming from this team. So it's going to be a lot more, a lot more difficult for Vegas to come out of this. Well, I think it's going to be quite an entertaining series to say the least. There's, there's going to, this is going to be, I would venture to say, that this would be right on par with the Carolina Hurricanes and New Jersey Devils in in, in the fashion that this is going to be kind of a back and forth going here. I could see, uh, you know, I, I could see my eyes hurting here after watching an, uh, a, an Oilers and, uh, Late and Vegas game. I mean, eyes are going to be a little sore, kind of going back and forth, left to right, because I think this is going to be a little bit of up and down hockey. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be quite entertaining. So, you know what? Yeah. Oilers are in a good spot. Big, big test coming up here. We'll yeah. see what they're made of. Oh, man. All right. So that's around the around the boards for, for this episode. And uh, and <laughs> this might be a, definitely this is not halfway through the show. Um, but we are going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, for, we're from our sponsors, DraftKings and uh, Raycon. And we will be right back. Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than what you would on some of those other, more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, eight hours of playtime. I mean, these earbuds are really spectacular. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. 
buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, we're back, and we're going to jump right into Check My Fanny. Now, this might get emotional. <laughs> this might get... Perhaps. Um, if it gets personal, it's not intentional. I'm going to say that right now. Um, but I, like, I, I don't know if I mentioned it. I don't know if it's going to be in the show or not. But I did mention that I had a little bit of cleanup to do. So why don't we just start off by mentioning what what's going on in the CFHL? Check my fanny. Okay, Mike, so, go ahead. Tell us what's going so, on. Well, fair enough. Then let, let's get into the let's get into the meat and potatoes here. So we had our hockey summit uh, Saturday. Uh, so when this is out, uh, on the podcast, it will have been about four days that we would have had our draft lottery, um, which is huge news for us. It happened on April 29th. We had the demons, Tom's team, uh, had the greatest chances with a 60, 60% chance at drafting Connor Bedard. Uh, and of course the pawn hogs, Jason's team had a 40% chance uh, he actually had three kind of cracks at it. He has his own pick and two other teams' picks, so which equaled out to forty percent. In the end, the Pawn Hogs were able yes. to sneak the first overall pick for a second time, and I want to say like the last four-ish years, yeah, because like he that. did it to me too. The year that I finished last, he was able to snag that as well. Yeah. Either way, the Demons will now be picking second overall. The Pawn Hogs will have the first overall pick with and win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. The Pawn Hogs will act, obviously have picks three and four as well. So going to be a busy uh, a busy start to the draft for the Pawn Hogs. Yep. At the same time, we had our well, we had a potential for division realignment, and the potential actually happened. So. My co-host Marty will be going from the Howe division to the Gretzky division next year. And those demons that lost out on on the Bedard sweepstakes end up switching over to the Howe division. So that will be in place for the next three seasons. And that coincides with our league's constitution, which is open this year. And oh, hence okay. the reason, hence the reason why we made this, we, we talked about it last year, That's but true. the switch actually happens this year because our constitution is open, which by the way, is why all of these proposals are coming out and yeah. why things have gotten so uh, passionate, yeah. uh, passionate is the right, word. Um, the right word. So Marty will be, Marty will be away from, from me and our division for the next three years. That will be up to and including 20, uh, 2026, 2027. So that brings us to the very, very passionate league news <laughs> that has been happening over the past couple of days. And it has to do with, oh, I don't even want to say the word. Teams that are tanking. Ha- <laughs> um, oh, they're having some fun with it now. Well, no, 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 no. well we 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 just we for two consecutive years we've had we've broken records in regards to the last place team and their and their finishing record yeah um listen uh, i i will flat out not be sitting here and and will not be using the word tanking there there were questions uh and there were individuals 
who approached uh, most notably our commissioner, Joel. Um, there were some that approached myself as well. The proposal, more or less from my perspective, comes from the fact that when we have individuals, and I'm talking about myself and Joel here, when we have individuals come forth and mention something about the league, maybe uh, whether that's an improvement that they'd like to make, whether that's something that they potentially want to talk about when our constitution is open again, several different layers to this. You have to, you can't just sit on your hands and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason why we had a really good talk on at our hockey summit in regards to um, uh, this issue and, and wanting to, to curb, um, wanting to curb how low, I suppose, one of our teams could go in the standings. And we're, and, and by the way, we're certainly getting a ton, a ton of great material. Uh, and, and I'm not talking like comedic material here, like a serious yeah. great points made by several general managers. Yep. As a matter of fact, I, I've said to myself on several occasions, reading all of the posts, all of the uh, emails, um, all of the texts, uh, it'd be awesome to be able to kind of almost mesh a few of these together. Um, having said that, I have not stated my vote uh, online in uh, or through email. I will state my vote here. I do not think that we should institute the seven-game uh, rule. Was I for it before we started getting some uh, some other ideas from some other people and and just getting a reading of the room and and, and kind of getting a sense of what guys want? my initial reaction would be that any kind of issue has now been brought into the forefront um to a certain degree i would almost say we could almost leave the league just as it is yeah um and and i know that that may come across as a bit of a surprise uh, I, and 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 let me and i know this is maybe a little lengthy here guys and i do apologize but just want to get the feelings out. I, I, I actually don't mind the seven, the seven win threshold. I actually don't mind. Uh, I think you had a great point, Marty. And I wanted to make uh, a point of that, that yes, you did make a great point in regards to, it's not really that hard to get to seven wins. Uh, When you think about it and when you have a certain roster, if you're all young, that becomes quite difficult. If you have some players that can, continue to help you compete and so on and so forth. That's fine. I, I want to watch the words that I'm saying, because there's mm-hmm. been a lot that, that that's been said. And, and um, uh, the points for was definitely another good point by our, our champion this year, Scott. Um, and before I go any further, super 100% well-deserved. I'm there. There will <laughs> never ever. <laughs> oh, super 100, man. I, like, I, I don't know how I can, I don't know how I can, I I just want to be super, I want to be clear. There is nothing that will ever be taken away from Scott. There's no asterisks. There's no nothing. There's nothing. Absolutely not. There's nothing. 
when you go over the teams that were in our league this year and you go up and down that roster. We talked about it that, all season that, long that, on the show. That, that, that is a... We rhymed off the players on his team and we every single time said, are you fucking kidding me? It doesn't matter who he dresses. He's winning that week. And it yep. didn't matter who he played against. He was winning that week. We've, we've said this all season long. There is nothing to be taken away from Scott. And I'll... I'll the no, no, you'll, no. What, you'll find out soon why I'm interrupting and saying that. I'll say that in a minute. But go ahead, finish. No, but suffice to say, I mean, you know, gotten a lot of great points, but the um, the the, the underlying theme for me that I keep feeling is, I think if there was any kind of an issue, if there really was an issue in our league with the performance of certain teams. I, I think that that has now been put out into the ether. I think everybody has, has come out with some great points. Do we go into one of those directions? Hey, I, I'm not, I'm very open to, to anything. But again, I will go back to saying that I think my, I think the way I'm feeling right now is anything that did need to get across, got across. And I actually think that we can kind of leave the league exact, exactly the way it is. Um, I'll even go as far as saying, and and, and I voted, I, 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 full transparency, I voted to have the switch of teams to another division. And for for me, it's more along the lines of just, just to switch it up, yeah. just to have different dynamics, uh, a different general manager, uh, coming into to your division, you're going to uh, potentially trade differently with that that manager. Anyway, several several different things can come out of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, what I'm most happy about is that we have enough... Pa- we All of our GMs are so passionate that we we had a discussion like we did last night where I... I, I I will I will not say that it got heated. I don't think it got heated, but it certainly got passionate from a lot of GMs and, and that's good. Yeah. And and that's is. really good. Yep. Because that means that 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 our GMs are invested. They're happy with how things are playing out. Like, dude, if there's one thing that I can take from the past twenty four hours in regards to our league, it's that a lot of people are happy just as it is. <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Uh, again, I'm, I, I'll, I'll say this one last time because I am repeating myself a little bit here. The point's been made. And, and, I, and I think my personal feeling is that I think we can just move on from it. Well, it's certainly an interesting perspective because I don't, your, your argument is sound as shit because quite frankly, we've, enough attention has been brought to it in the last 48 or 78 or whatever in in the last few days that it almost puts everybody on notice um listen we're all looking kind of where i'm going to yeah yeah like we're all looking at each other's teams and it's very obvious um maybe not all of us because at one point i think ryan was even like oh i didn't realize who he was dressing or whatever and and it's fine it's it's not to say that people should be doing this but there's definitely more than enough people looking at each other's teams and questioning the because so one thing that our listeners need to understand is that we do have 
an overhanging rule that we have to stay competitive. No matter what happens, you have to stay competitive. Now, therein lies the problem, though. Because it's a big within, gray area. It's a very gray area. because Massive. W- what determines staying competitive? Because is it just simply dressing who's available on your team? Or does it go deeper than that? Is it drafting accordingly to make sure you can stay competitive? Is it making sure you don't have available slots, empty slots on your team? Because if you don't have someone you can dress, this is my, one of my biggest sticking points. If you've got a, if you've got empty slots on your on your roster, how are you supposed to stay competitive if you don't have a player to dress? Because everyone else is injured and you've got two open slots, so that leaves you short of, of being able to stay competitive. But that also introduces the concept of now I'm dictating how you handle your team. Now the league is dictating who you should and shouldn't be dressing or potentially even drafting because it's taking. And that's it kind of what we're getting. We want to try and get away from that. Exactly. Well, and, not and not I, not that we're in it. Not that we're in it now. It's just no, something that we don't want to get but, into. But that's where you kind of you have to tread carefully because once you start introducing a rule that maybe attempts to um, not allow GMs to have that, then you're kind of inadvertently dictating what they should be doing come entry draft, come mid-season, come trade. You're you're dictating what should be happening. And then things get pretty complicated therein because you've got this rule, and if you create another a sub-rule to the rule, now you've really got to be careful because that's where you're really sort of infringing on the rights of GMs to do what they want to do, which is to either develop or not develop. Now, a couple of things I want to say, and this is so this is my moment, and I'm going to use it <laughs> um, right off of the bat. Again, I wrote an email, and I'm full dis- full disclosure. I wrote an email in the bath on my phone, <laughs> and I should not have done that. I was way too relaxed. I finished reading Scott's email. I was like, holy shit, man. He's making so many good points. And that's what I said at the top of my email. Man, these are a lot of good points. Let me chime in. And what I was chiming in with was the the struggle I had with this rule. Because like you, Mike, at the time when I heard the rule, I was all for it. But then I, I started reading all these. I honestly thought this was going to be a slam dunk. And then first it was Jason's counterpoints. And I was like, fuck, man, he's making good points. And then Scott came out with his points. Like, fuck, he's making good points too. Okay, let me get out why I felt this was good and see what people have to say about that to really get a full picture of why this may not be a good idea. Because even up until then, I was still leaning 51-49 on like, I'm voting for this rule. But because, again, I went from 100 to zero, Scott and Jay brought me down to 51.49. I was like, okay, I really need to think this through a lot more. So let me get out some more points here because maybe they haven't considered a few of these other things because my perspective on this was different than theirs. Scott had rebuilt and then won a championship. Jay's been rebuilding for three years. In with with Bedard on his uh, on his radar the entire time. He's on the he's on deck. There you go. And Tom decided ha- like about two and a half, three months into the season, I've got a good team. Fuck it. I'm blowing it up and I'm going after Bedard too. These are three different ways to rebuild a team and go after success. I, as we all know, have never won a championship. I continue to 
probably to a fault, believe in the rule that is, I have to stay competitive. I will be a, I will be a difference maker down the, down the road for a different team. I will be that team that runs a muck for other teams. That's my role because that's what we all agreed to in my eye. Listen, I'm not saying this is right, but this is in my eyes, in my eyes to stay competitive from day one to day zero, I, or today, whatever, not zero. That doesn't make any sense <laughs> from day one till the end of the season. I am here to win my week. I don't care what's going on. I don't care where I am in the standings. I am aiming to win my week. I will dress the best team that I feel is there. And that's not just dressing. That is drafting midseason or entry. That is making trades every single day of the year. I don't care. I'm open to all of it. You guys all know this. I've never won a championship, but in the same breath, I've fallen below the seven game threshold only once. The only other time it happened was in a shortened uh, season mm -hmm. where we only had 15, I think, total weeks. So that doesn't count to me. So my point is, is my perspective on this is very different because I go after that championship every single year, no matter what's going on around me. And this year, again, I had a good chance to win. And I sat back watching a team who was the best team in the league. And I can't say that enough, but I'm going to stop saying it now because I think, I think my point is pretty clear. Scott won deservingly so. His points four was there. I've said it all season long on this show. Up and down his lineup, he had every, every single player on his team was amazing. Everyone played very well. He managed his team to a T. He deserved that championship. I'm done saying that now. Let's not pretend that there wasn't and I, I don't know why this word is taboo. I don't look at this word as taboo. I look at this word as just being, it's another word. It's a thing. Tanking is a thing. We need to stop pretending that it's a word we can't say. It is. And it's okay. It's okay to admit that you were tanking. Pretending it wasn't tanking is part of the problem in my eyes. We're going to pretend it doesn't exist. We're going to give it a different name so that we're not hurting feelings. Fuck your feelings. That's not what this is about. Because no, And I'm saying fuck your feelings because if nobody cares, if sorry, if we're supposed to be gentle about the word tanking because maybe some people were, how come no one's caring about my feelings? And, I, and this sounds pathetic, and I, I think the entire t subject matter is pathetic. It's okay to say that teams were tanking to go after Bedard. I wish I had. I, if I was a smarter GM, I would have done that. And this is exactly why I haven't won a championship in 30 fucking years of the league's existence. It's part of my problem. I have major issues running my team. This is why I've never won. But it's okay. Well, I, and, and, and you know what? Like, and for our listeners, you know, if, in case you need a refresher, we are eight GMs in the league. Okay? Listen. It's hard to get two people together that agree on shit anymore in today's yeah, world, let is. alone friggin' eight. Yeah. Okay. So certainly to your point, there are different perspectives. Yes. Of, of what happened. Well, I'm not even going to say what happened of our league. And it's, it's, it's happened before as well. So listen, I mean, okay. I'm not done. The, Oh, I'm go ahead. Done. Hey, listen, listen. You go right ahead, my man. You go right ahead. Listen, like again. It, 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 okay, so so the concept. Yeah, 
I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Tom wasn't trying to lose the, every week. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Jason wasn't doing the same thing either. That's what they were doing. Rightfully so. That was their point. Their point was to get Bedard. And the, you only get there by losing. You don't get there by winning. You don't get to Bedard with seven wins, which is why I'm actually flip-flopping and no longer on board with the seven wins thing. I'm actually completely on board with what you just said. I think the league is fine the way it is. I think you leave it alone. I think we've made enough of a, of a point, and it's not just me. It's not just you. There were other GMs sending secret email. Not secret, sorry, that sounds terrible. Other GMs sending their concerns privately to the commissioner saying, I'm concerned about this other team. So let's not pretend that just because I'm saying the quiet part out loud that I'm the evil one. And I don't think anybody is, but I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I, I don't believe, I don't, dwell, I don't dwell very well in the let's be gentle about this. I, I, we get to the end a lot quicker if we're honest with each other. Jay and Tom were trying to lose week in and week out, 100%. Tom, what does I, I, Tom should not have done that. Tom had a great team, but he had a vision and no one should stand in his way. No, not a rule, not another GM. This is your money. This is your team. You do what you want, my man. And he did it and he did it very well. He almost pulled it off, but quite frankly, he did. He's still in the top three for picks. It, everything's fine. He's going to get a player that's going to change mm -hmm. his, his team around. Congratulations. I should take a page from his book. None of this is criticism. None of this is judgment. All of these are facts, and we need to stop pretending like they're not. We're, our feelings aren't getting hurt in this. They shouldn't be. And if they are, I'm really sorry. That's not what the point of this is. Is again, I don't, do, I don't dwell, ver, I don't do very well in fluff. I'm cutting, I'm cutting through it all, saying the quiet parts out loud. I don't necessarily have an issue with teams doing what they need to do anymore. I did at the beginning. It bothered me because, again, and I, and I, I was very vocal about it. That the home stretch, I played against so many other teams that were in contention for the championship versus other teams playing against other teams that were absolutely trying to lose every week. That made a difference in my mind. Everybody's got me caught up on what was really going on. And now I've flipped. I don't think that Scott won because he played against Tom and Jay more than I did. That's not why I think he won. I think he won because he had the best team. I think he won because he... he He's a better GM than I am. I think that's why he won. And I think he proved that with his record. But what bothers me is the integrity of the league. That's what bothered me. And that's why I brought it, that's why I brought it so passionately. Because it bothered me that I felt like I was the only one who gave a shit. That it didn't matter what position I'm in. I'm going to try to win every week. All these other points started to come out and started making me second guessing where I was coming from. So I, I, while I still feel the same, that we should still preserve the integrity of the league and try to win every single week, I don't care how many weeks. I, there were seasons where I did, like the season I finished with six wins, like there's a lot of seasons where I was in dead last with nine wins and things like that. But I can guarantee you, I continued to try and preserve the integrity of that role, which was to stay competitive. But I do know that now at this point, we put such a big spotlight on it. I don't think it's necessary to have a rule anymore. Everybody knows now we're all looking at each other's teams. So I'm at the point now where I'm not necessarily retracting my yes vote. But if the league agrees to just like step back and say, you know what? A rule is too far. 
I do agree with that. I think a rule is slightly too far. I don't think it's necessary. I think we've brought enough attention to it that we can just sort of move on. If I've said anything in this ramble that offends anybody, I'm really sorry for that. I'm trying to get my point across. We're already at two hours and 10 minutes on this episode. I was trying to do it quickly. I don't think I did that very well. But again, Scott, you earned it. Jay and Tom, you guys didn't do anything wrong. This is just a recap. Jay and Tom, you didn't do anything wrong. I am also valid in my feelings that as I chased a championship, I watched someone with a, the last 10 weeks have games against teams that were purposefully trying to lose. And I'm not wrong in feeling like I was cheated out. Not cheated, sorry. No, that's definitely wrong. That I had a harder time to get to a championship than someone else. I do think that my swapping divisions is actually a very good solution to this too. I think that actually addresses all of the issues. It keeps things interesting. It keeps moving parts going in different directions because the, um, what's the, what do we call it there? The strength of schedule changes. It changes where it lives now because we're in different divisions. So I do think we've kind of addressed all of this. I do think there's room to say, we're done. We've addressed it all. We've done a good job. Guys, we're passionate. That's great. We can step back and just enjoy hockey now. And I do think that's where we're probably at now. And and I do fully agree with that point. As I said uh, during my little rant as well, I I do think that, again, like you said, spotlight, it's out there, it's on. I think we can move on from it. The last thing that I will say, and maybe this will be considered fluff, who knows? (laughs) But when you, to me, this has been all good. Because when you have passionate discussion like this, and you have an open discussion like this, like, hey, listen, this is a pool with eight guys in it, and we yeah. each give fifty, and we each give fifty. Like, okay, just I just want our listeners to understand, this isn't like some five hundred dollar windfall or thousand dollar windfall every freaking. It's not about April. that at all. It's not about the okay. Money. If I, if I'm being honest, after I after I I tell Mister Kamish to use my winnings to pay for the following year, <laughs> you walk away, you walk away with like 132 bucks. Okay. Yeah, it's not I can take the that. girlfriend. I can take the girlfriend out to the cake for a night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so it's all, it's all about the bragging rights. And the last point I do want to make is if we had a league where GMs didn't care, We would have had no text, no emails, no, we would have had none of it. It'd be boring. To to me, this shows how invested our GMs are in our league. And no matter which way you slice and dice that, it's good. good. So I appreciate Tom. I appreciate Jay just as much. I appreciate everybody else in this league. I love all you you guys. This league is amazing because of you guys. Goddamn right. Like, uh, listen, and and I'll I'll go off a little bit from the hockey talk here. The these are guys. These eight, seven guys include, and then eight including myself. I'd go to bat for any one of you. I, I truly believe we're the type. Yeah. We're the we're, we're a tight enough knit group. Hey, listen, we're, we're not calling each other every night. We're not hanging out every Don't friggin' night or anything like that. Okay. No. But these are. If one of these guys, God forbid, ended up in the hospital bed, I guarantee I'd be there for them. Okay. That's how I feel about these guys and this league. Like, not so much if the league was in bed, I wouldn't bother going to the hospital. That'd be weird. (laughs) (laughs) A little weird. (laughs) But, but just, but I just want to make it clear like, this has been good for us. 
Yes, there's been I hope so. uh, discussions. Yes, there's been people making their points. Has it gotten to a point where it's like, ooh, things are getting a little... Du-. Hey, listen, that's going to happen when you have eight people and they want to get their points across, okay? But I think we're in a great spot. The league has never been better. Uh, are oh, we yeah. always try? Are we so always trying to improve? Uh, we're always trying to improve the league. Yeah. Sometimes that will bring up discussions like we had over the past 40, 24, 48, 72 hours. But to me, that's good. That's healthy. We we can we can move on from that. We can continue to build from that. Where we can't build is if we bring in a proposal and then nobody votes on it. So right, k- kudos to the league. Kudos to every GM. We've got a lot to figure out when it comes to this particular issue. I've made my feelings known on the program. Marty, you've done the same. Little bit. We know how a lot of other people feel in regards to uh, to their votes. So you yeah. know what? Check my we'll fanny. See. Yeah. Check my fanny forever, baby. For <laughs> Not bad. Forever. Not leaves right. forever. Check my fanny forever. Let's all right. Let's quickly. Uh, I mean, I don't even see a write up on your path for the beauty. Dude, <laughs> dude, I'll have mine over like in two seconds. Here goes. Do okay, go. go. Yep. Matthew could Matthew could chuck. Oh, yeah, of course. Enough said. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl. Play enough said. Baby. Evan Bouchard. All right. Decides to go shit in the playoffs. <laughs> enough said. Yeah. Go and check those three players. Those three players are my beauties this week. And my beast is the big cat. It hurts. Andre Vasilevsky. Hurts to see it. Feels weird. Feels weird to say. Yeah. But it is what it is. Check the numbers. NHL.com. Have a look. You'll understand why. Marty, (laughs) go. Rupert Heinz leading the charge, waiting for everyone else to show up, basically. Yeah. Nice. Tyler Bertuzzi did all that was expected and more. If you don't, re- if they don't resign him, I'd honestly would be very surprised because he was a he's, big. He's a, he's a Boston player. He's a he Boston is player. A bo- exactly. He's the one who's going to take Marchand's throne away from him. I think that's what happened. They sort of passed well, the quite throne. Quite possibly. Um, Devin Tays came through uh, for the team as McCarr struggled mildly by McCarr standards, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Devin Tays really, uh, he was the, the number one guy for me out of Colorado. And basically the beast, all of the Winnipeg Jets. No one able to lead. No one able to take the justified criticism no one really wanting to be there or at least that's how it seemed uh not many players i'd like to keep um if i was a fan i would be looking at just blowing the shit up right away and connor hellebuck i'm gonna see you in an ottawa senators jersey that's my prediction yeah oh Oh, look at that little nugget left at the end of the show the brinkat the brinkat goes back over to winnipeg and that's what'll happen i'm just I, I see it. I see it happening. Damn. And it's a good uh, that would be a good move for Ottawa and for Winnipeg. Start rebuilding around Holy. the Holy. That's yeah, a not horny bad. hot that's a horny <laughs> hot take right there. Mine. And that's how you God. end a show. That's how you end a show right there. <laughs> that is how you end a show, especially because it's two hours and sixteen minutes of recording oh. time. Bye everybody. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G A L A G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.